welcome to the most important episode in the history of the Behind the Edge podcast. In a mere nine episodes, I, Brian James Kim, have finally perfected my audio. My microphone is turned on, the gain is no longer at 85, my puppy's food has been laced with sedatives. This is peak performance, guys. Joining me on this special episode are my co-hosts, Echo Gecko, Jake, and Vexos. Hello. Hey. What? He said hey. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, okay, I'll start. Uh, I'm I'm carrying the Laconico Keen today, although I haven't really left the house or my apartment at all, so, like, I'm not really carrying it, but that's what I have near me, and I I, I cut open, like, a, a box with it today, but that, that's it. Alright. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, like, wait. What? Which color Keen do you have again? I have the, it's just literally, I have the naked titanium keen. It's just completely, it's like, I could, I might anno it down to the future. Like, I might send it to Jake and get anode, but I don't, I, I like the, I like the simple naked titanium right now. I think it looks good. I think some knives look better with it, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's not even the one, it's not even the, the keen that has, like, the, the milling on it. Like, you know, some of them have that, like, little river or, or canyon kind of, like, looking. Uh, oh, that, I hate that the little yeah. groove inside of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a fuller on the scales. <laughs> mine's, on mine, yeah, mine's just, <laughs> mine's just the completely naked, not no frills you or anything. Vanilla guy, I am pretty vanilla. Hold on, if you don't have a blood groove on your handle, then what are you gonna do when you stab too far? Exactly. You you're, you're gonna slip off your knife. It's really How easy. You put your cocaine in there. Never mind. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a good idea. You can put a titanium cover over it and make it look flush. Um, today I'm carrying the Olamic Busker. I've had this for a little while, and I'm gonna be honest. I've heard a lot of people talk crap about this, and a lot of people praise it. It's pretty good. Um, except it's way too small for my hand. And it doesn't cut. So, no, this one cuts okay. Um, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's better than like the Pilar, which is what I've been comparing it to for the most part. It's like a nicer version of the Pilar. Um, if you're looking for something super, super slicey, yeah, get it reground. But if you're just looking for something to kind of use every day, it's, it's not bad. But yeah, it's too small for me, so I'm getting rid of it. Aww. Wait. I traded it for a Koenig Mini Goblin. Ooh. Is this, the, small is this the one? It's bigger than this. Is this the it's, busker yeah, that I actually, hated? Um, yes. Um, I've actually got a lot of compliments on this. You know, surprise, you're wrong. That's that's not that uncommon. Uh I hate it. <laughs> it looks to me like uh like a craftsman like um toolbox. Like like the metal on it, you know? In real life it just looks really really I was gonna curse, but I'm not going to. Really, really shiny. Really, really I mean it might look better in person. I just maybe photos just don't do it justice. It is kinda weird in pictures. It's it's covered in perlage, I think that's the term. Perlage. Like a pearlescent? No, that like radial pattern they do on jewelry. Oh, it's called jewelry. Oh. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> what the heck is perlage? Anyway, go you you guys go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Well, I am carrying because I'm shilling today, uh, I'm carrying the rebladed nine forty with the lightning anode fly tie scales. Yep, today's today's shill day. Who did the Who did the Anna? I think Antec did it. That's why I figured he's the one that does the, the crazy. Yeah, yeah, and you know Stasa does them too. Um, Lightning Anna. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, those that that lightning animal looks so good, and I like how since they have to polish the scales before, it feels really nice too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I love polished titanium. I like if I'm gonna anodize on a personalize, I'm almost always refinishing it. I'll polish that and then do an anode on it. It just feels so much better. Yeah, definitely. It just feels really. It feels good. It looks good. Um, I even have the clip lightning anode. It's a custom titanium clip that's lightning anode. Oh, nice. And then uh, ano- blue anode backspacers to match the color of the lightning anode. And then obviously I made a reblade for it. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, I uploaded a picture of Perlage to the chat since no one knows what that is, since you're all just morons. Yeah, I've seen makers called jeweling, but that is more. I guess jeweling would be like that's, individual circles, like the whole circle. That's basically what, what's on this knife. Yeah, I like it. It's cool. It's just a dream. Oh, that's kind of cool. But see, see how that reminds me of like a like a craftsman like toolbox or something. Yeah. Like that? I kind of get where you're coming from with like the diamond pattern. Yeah, thing. that's what it looks and like with, with that on it. Yeah, I, I could see. I don't know. Yeah. I, see, I thought you were saying pie large, like the pylar, but the large version. Oh no, 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 no! That actually fit my hand. This one, this one doesn't. No, I'm saying like you were talking about like a finish and then say Oh, perlage. No, no, I, I, I can speak English. I can speak Yeah, I know. I was like Jake had a drink or two before the podcast. What the hell? I should do that. We should we should do a drunk episode. Um anyway, um on to the um, last person. I am carrying the whole specter because I didn't leave my you house. You know what? And I just Screw you, it. dude. Why why do you always carry these like fancy Whoa, knives? You have nothing interesting like to say, most... you gotta make it up for your knives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like we're over here with like well e- echoes is like sub two mine i i didn't okay, how much did you buy actually a pay nearly for? um i actually traded a medford for it and the medford i paid like 284 oh, really? mine is yeah uh, my keen, so I, my keen was sub one jake I, hey all your knives I, together I so for I eighty dollars or i paid less for my spectre so that makes it Listen. better I I did the. No, you did. <laughs> what the? F- oh, did you get table? You haven't gone their books, Bruh. Oh my gosh. Okay, never mind. You're not. I, not that cool. I did the total cost of my collection the other day, and it's like fifteen hundred dollars. Like my total collection. Last time I did that, I almost wanted to. Yeah, Vex's <laughs> is probably like twenty grand over there. Just two of Vex's knives is already a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. Math stupid. <laughs> <laughs> which specter it just makes color, you want to sell everything what's your specter look like um green it better be feather milling feather okay yeah okay it's yeah that's the only milling that's pattern you can pick right from the holes it's it's cool it's funny because um i had this on the books oh my god that's beautiful i got dude. the books and did that one did i notice <laughs> like a hundred away exactly i think number three away is the same exact spec as this but it's a v3 so it's like, wow. That's hilarious. God. Dude, yeah. the Spectre actually got me thinking. Um, I was thinking about it today. I actually rewatched Tom's uh, videos on it. Um, my thought process is if you can't do better than Peter's Heat Treat, I feel like you should just use Peter's Heat Treat. Yeah. Yeah. It's more consistent. Because, I mean, like, think about, like, all the makers who go below Peter's Heat Treat with their custom Heat Treat. Well, like, we're trying to save money, which obviously is. Yeah, it makes sense, but if it sucks, then you should just do it by a professional. Peter's isn't even expensive. Like, if you're doing a batch, like, even 20 knives, you do 20 in the same steel, it's like 9 bucks. Like, that's that's really not much compared to... 
Yeah, the rest of the cost of the steel and the finishing and all the labor, like compared to buying a, an actual heat treating oven, that's unless you're pumping out a ton of knives, it's probably going to be cheaper actually in the long that's run. That's why I think you need to learn yeah, the yeah. fundamentals first. Like if you really, really are serious about making knives, you should learn how to do this before you start making it a real, real job. Because the only problem is you at that point you've invested so much money, so it, it would be like starting a an like a physical business at that point like you'd have to have 50 grand up front to well the way i think about it is college just use that (laughs) tuition money buy a cnc buy some grinders like buy some you know like that's that's how you get into knife making you spend all the money you would have spent on college on knife making equipment and learning stuff like what what if we didn't get college loans no but here's what i'm saying like i'm just saying that in, like my thought process is why is it okay for someone to go somewhere for four years to learn information, most of which they don't use because it's general ed requirements, and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and go into debt, but it's not okay to spend even a fraction of that money and time learning how to make knives if that's what you want to do with your life? Because at that point, you're following your dreams and no one should be that happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, the, the reason I thought that was because like, you know, I like my... I like, oh, well, so the two things that triggered that were um, Jake's Busker and Vex's Spectre. So I look at the Spectre, it's heat treated by Peters to around 61 Rockwell. Um, Then I look at the Busker Mm -hmm. and they heat treat it themselves to around 60. So I'm like, and they're pretty consistent about it, but I'm just like, why don't you just use, either try to go higher or use Peters if you can't, right? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm happy with my Olamic. I'm just saying that they, it doesn't make sense to me, like, that's why the Spectres broke the market so much at $500. That was really, really, really hard to beat. <laughs> well, like, I think, so the guy who traded me this busker, he said he originally paid, like, six seventy five for it. Jesus. Which I think everyone knows, Olamic's, like, aftermarket value is trash. Oh, yeah. It's worse than China. But um, the fact that this is more expensive than that Spectre that you showed is mind-blowing yeah. to me. Because that Spectre has more milling. It's, it's nicer. It's actually anodized, uh, you know, better heat treat on it. It's much, much larger using more material, and it's still almost $200 cheaper, or was. That's it's ridiculous. funny because this is the third run and the final run of the books they did, and they announced it, like, weeks in advance what day and time they're going to do it. But as I, I was at work, so I had to take oh. a break early and hope <laughs> to God my 4G would work good. And so I logged in my PayPal, paid whatever. And you didn't know unless they messaged you if you got on the books. And she said I was, like, second to last to get on the books. I'm like, thank God. Oh, my gosh. Um, So why is Olamic's secondhand value so bad? Honestly, I'm sitting here and I'm holding it, and I I couldn't tell you. It it does – it. okay, so, again, I I traded something worth around $300 or so for it. For three hundred dollars, this is an amazingly finished knife. Like I love like, the fit and finish are perfect. That it tents really good. I don't know. I love all you. basically all Olamic designs. There's not one that doesn't appeal to me. I know there are some people that find like the Busker or the Whippersnapper ugly, but I think they're all cool. Um, and I've haven't heard anything like super bad. There's no. I haven't heard like any bad fit and finish. I've you know, I I've heard they're not like super hard. Like not super duper hard, but like. Other than that, you know, I don't... I normally nitpick fit and finish a lot. I really can't find any issues on this one. And it's convinced me 100% that I need to get 
probably a whippersnapper at some point, even if I have to pay like full retail for it. Honestly, I think what it is but is they make so many of them. Because when you look up like new arrivals, when a, a retailer first gets a batch of them, there's like four pages of them. Like, holy <laughs> crap, you guys just never sleep or eat, you just make knives 24 7. And they're all custom. They are I mean, that's all custom. True. Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys, does anybody want a uh, Grimsmo Maker's Choice Norseman? No. No. No one. Do you do you have one? You have a- yeah. I just got I just got pulled for one. So I'd wanted one for forever. Or this one's just a plain stonewashed blue titanium. I'd wanted one forever, and I got to try one recently, and it's just it was the most unimpressive thing I've ever felt in my entire life. Oh, oh. oh well. Um, here's what I told Eugene at California Custom Knife Show because uh, oh, he actually he actually uh, <laughs> asked me like why I thought. Um, people didn't like care for Alamix as much, given the quality, right? That he was in the effort he was putting into them. The quality is fantastic, but yeah, kind of. So it it is, but um, not in the ways that people seem to care about. So, for example, like some of the things that Eugene told me that he spends an inordinate amount of time on is like lockup, for example. So he cares about like lockup being perfect, no lockstick, no wobble, no wander, right? Can you? You know, Holt Spectres even have Wander on their lock lock interface. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You can push it over, but like an Olamic, you'll never have that because he makes sure he redoes it. Any if there's even a little bit of lock stick, a little bit of lock Wander, completely redoes the lock face. So um, that kind of stuff, do people appreciate it? No, not really. Most people don't even uh, know I, that, right? I care about that a lot. I would, appreciate but you know what I mean. Like the average person, like that, they care more about <laughs> drop shut. You know. Drop shut action, right? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they care more about that than they do... Um, but this knife doesn't do that, and that's fine. Not every knife needs to be drop shut. <laughs> I agree, but I'm just saying that's a factor. So one is, oh, yeah, one yeah, is yeah, the sure. yeah one is the drop shut, one is the um, lockup and other things that they do emphasize not being uh, cared about by consumers. And then the other thing is um, design. So large butts don't do well, unfortunately. Like, large butt handles. That's why the whippersnapper is so much more popular. It has a smaller butt. <laughs> Um, in terms of design. Then there's the fact that, you know, obviously, customized knives, they are customized to fit one person's taste. Um, might not be everyone else's taste, so value is going to decline. It's sort of like if you modded your knife, even if it looks good, like, to you, other people might not like yeah. it. Drops value. Um, last thing is the uh, grind. So, the reason why, it's important for two reasons. One, it doesn't cut as well, right, when it's thicker behind the edge. But two, it's, um, that actually matters in terms of what people like, you know, influencers like Nick Shabazz and other reviewers are going to say about Olamic knives, they they always say, oh, it's not that great of a cutter. That influences people's opinions, too. Well, you know, I, I was going to bring that up. That's a good segue because I was going to bring that up. Like, Nick Shabazz, I don't know if he still has it, but he did, and he showed it an uh, awful lot on his channel. He had, like, a, a basically a, a very crazy Egyptian-looking swish. Yeah, he doesn't have it anymore. Um, yeah, he doesn't have it anymore. He sold it. But, you know, you would have thought that with how much he talked about, how much he liked it, like, that would have made Olamic... Like, you know, he Nick Shabazz is, like, a crazy effect on the market. Like, he, like... Right. He basically single... What? The problem is that even if he says he likes his version, people look at it and go, but I don't like that configuration. Oh, so you're saying because he had such an ugly one that people hated it? <laughs> no, that it's different taste. So he, so the extent to which he talks about how much he likes how it looks doesn't matter to people. And then yeah, when yeah. he says performance is low because of you know a, just a regular heat treat and then a thicker edge, that's going to turn people off. Like those things together. I think he also has a much more um, obvious and powerful influence under knives that are say sub five six hundred dollars or so. 
um, like the Atom, the Skaha, anything that's considered a good value, which a $1,000 lamic is not, um, anything that's considered a good value, I think people are a lot more likely to gravitate towards if he recommends it. Yeah. But like Brian said, the Alamic, when he had that, in my opinion, I, I loved it. But um, most of his praises were for the, the look of the knife. It wasn't so much the actual use of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one last thing, actually, is um, just marketing information. I told Eugene this. I don't know if he's done it yet, but I told him most people don't know half the stuff he told me, right? Like that some of these... Uh, handles aren't milled; they're hand carved by one person. Yeah, talk about that stuff. Oh yeah, the um, if y'all haven't seen, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Brian. Y'all can go to Olamic's page on one of their hand carved knives and actually follow the guy that does it. Um, I follow him on Instagram. He does some really, really crazy hand carved work. Like I really want one of his pieces. See, it's so it makes sense. It I, makes sense why it costs so much. He does it with a literal chisel. Like, <laughs> yep. see, I didn't even know that they did that. Right, and I right, like right. So most of people don't they're know. They're so it. expensive because of that. I think they start at like seven or eight hundred dollars. This is what Eugene told me. He said, oh, well, every time I post one of those knives, I put hand-carved in the description. And I'm like, that's not enough because people don't read descriptions, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to make a post saying, look, these knives are part of a hand-carved series. There's been a misconception that they're just milled or whatever. He literally does this with a chisel. Like, you need to, like, be have a – and, like, pictures of, like, him doing it and, like – and you need to, like, constantly be putting that out there on your Instagram, right? Like, yeah. that's how you get people yeah. to be aware of that kind of stuff. That's, like, yeah, the fact that people love stuff that's, like, handmade, hand-carved, hand-satin, like, that's a big buzzword, right? Like, hand-satin finish. Anything people but hand, and it raises the prices up by, like, 50%. It really does, yeah. Um, <laughs> hand CNC. I mean, it, it should. It is more expensive. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And that's, it's crazy that the value just comes down so much, like... I don't know. I think I, I just think, I, it has I think to they with, are. Yeah. I think they are worth the price that they charge for. Well, you know, um, depending on the model, I don't think they're outrageous. Um, I think the base prices are completely, completely acceptable. Yeah. Um, when you start adding stuff, that's that's uh, again, that's your customization, that's your choice. It does increase the price quite a bit. Um, but like the base model, I think Busker is what like three fifty, three seventy five. Yeah, that's like. That. like Reasonable. That's amazing for this. You know what yeah. I think it is too is like they don't market themselves very well because if you even look at their logo, like Olamic Tactical, like that's weird. If they like honestly jumped on the USA made train, they'd probably sell more. Like they really would, I think. It's surprising they're probably not on that so. train, you know? Because I guess I think right. that's one of the only things keeping American knife companies afloat at this point is just like USA made. Uh, yeah, the, that that country. Pride. Yeah, exactly. Country a lot of people love that. Though. A lot of people. Is love that, that? I personally don't care is about that. It, why people? Some buy, people do. Is that why people buy Gerber's for that country pride? <laughs> yes, sir. Real American. Actually, some yeah. of them, yeah. <laughs> These are real American knives made in China. <laughs> real American designs made in China. Um, Assembled in China. Yeah. Uh, well, housekeeping. I guess we'll move on to housekeeping. Um, only housekeeping we have today is that. We're gonna basically include our scripts. Our we well, we don't really do a real script. It's more like a outline. But we're gonna include the link to our outline, uh, which is a Google Doc, in the description of the podcast. So if you're listening on Spotify, just go to the episode that you're listening to and click like expand description, and you'll you can it'll uh, show the hyperlink that you can click on. And that'll bring you, and you can see all of the photos that we look at. Um, I think that that ended up being the that ends up being the best way to kind of keep it all organized and for people to see the exact same photos we're looking at. So I, I think that is just the best way to do it, probably. 
honestly. No, I think it's great because when we're when we're like crapping on a knife, like you, people want to see what we're crapping on, you know? Yeah. They want to be like when we're like, oh my god, that's hideous. They want to be like, dude, let me see, let me see. So you know, if we had a, if we had a website, it would be a lot easier to do this because I could post the images to the website and also create. Well, come on, Mister Producer, where's our website? I guess at? I could do that. I, one of my, I have this. I have this friend who is a who is a um, uh, a uh, she makes websites. She's a web designer, so I guess I could have her make us one. Uh, it would it would cost money though. We could put money uh, in it. I don't know how much. Probably not. Vex. She would charge the cost. She would charge the cost to design it and the cost to you know she has to keep it. She she has to own the domain, right? So she has to like you you charge the domain like the yearly domain price, which is really cheap. But um, I'll, I'll ask her about that because be we need we need the viewers to contribute five dollars via PayPal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'll program. ask her about that. So we're we're actually getting enough viewers now that I could actually probably begin monetizing the episodes. And uh, in the middle of the episodes, probably I'll be like, now a word from our sponsor, and then it'll be like, you know, we'll do our sponsorship. So that well, I'll probably start including that. I demand That's merch. Merchandise, please. Uh, yeah, I, I want a shirt with uh, my dog barking into a microphone. I want a shirt with Brian's face on it. That would be good. These are things that are probably gonna have to come in time, though. You know, uh, I do know. No, 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 I no, do no, know no. someone. Next week, merch available. I do know someone that. Yeah, I do know someone that could design. Several people that can design great merch. Um, they're like graphic designers, and I could ask them. Okay, Echo's just flexing how many friends he has. <laughs> Basically, I'm sitting over here like literally suffering from lonely depression, and he's like, "Oh, look at all my friends." Well, as a you know, as a business major, I have to have connections, you know. <laughs> um, but I actually do but, know someone who can do uh, merch too. So someone actually offered to do merch for me. So oh yeah, really? Oh, for you, Jello? I but like, I mean, for the, the podcast, podcast same thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll hey, shut that. up, All Might. Come here. <laughs> um, Thought he was sedated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't actually sedate my dogs. Come on. Um, all right, we'll move on. But yeah, that's hopefully all that stuff will be coming up in the future episodes. Oh, have we gotten any emails from viewers oh, yet? You know what? I'm glad you said that because that'll go into housekeeping. Let's. Let, I'm exactly. That's why right it's now. a death threat. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. Here it is. This, so this is a continuation from last episode about the hopes and dreams for 2020. All right, this is oh. this is uh, from Charles Richards. Uh, Charles Richards, I love you. I don't know who you are, but I love you so much. <laughs> you made Echo's whole day better. Um, he said, and he was. He says, "Hope I'm your first email. I hope that more companies offer lefty knives." Ooh, that's fair. I actually, um, so personally, I. I <laughs> <laughs> The lefty knives, um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I know it's cheaper and more cost efficient to just add like a clip hole on the other side of the knife, but that does not always work. That doesn't work um, for the some, majority of knives. Yeah, yeah it looks some stupid. companies like Kaiser will do like a whole other, you know, they'll flip the entire lock side. Yeah. Spyderco does more that companies too for some knives. Like, you know, there's like lefty versions of the PM2. and What I demand is do not have clip holes on the show side of the knife. Just make a lefty version. Exactly. exactly. They would only have it's, to make like be, thirty of them better all here, like most of the market. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> God. And it can't be Zach. Okay, does it? That's why they get so many fans. Um, but like, I yeah, don't, yeah really. just do basic. Just do some basic market analysis. Find out what percentage are lefties and make that percentage 
in lefty now. Well, like, you know, I don't know. The percentage of lefties is like to like the human. It's like ten to twenty percent or something like that. Sure, but that's like still that. a lot of knives. That's still sales. Yeah, you know, ten percent of know. people. Are like, like, imagine I could tell you that you could increase your sales by ten percent. Like, I think yeah. most people would yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a no-brainer right there. I'd be curious for to know, like, out of the knife demographic, how many are lefties. They should. So, the knife companies should be doing polls for this. I don't see why they don't. Yeah, but they don't because they don't care about our opinions. That's why <laughs> I think there's less lefties in the knife community just because they probably look at it and go, "Oh gosh, they don't make any knives for me." <laughs> Except Kaiser, and then they buy eight. <laughs> uh, Chris Reeves. Yeah, CRK I think does most it. Chris, most CRKTs. I mean CRKTs. Sorry, most CRKs. Are like they the should sue them for having their name so close to theirs. Like, <laughs> Honestly. I mean, like, look at like uh, lefty custom knives too. Like, you know, Jason Guthrie. Shams. There's some lefty shams out there, but they're stupid rare. And then you know what? The it's funny. The lefty yeah. customs sell for crazy below the price on secondary because no one's left-handed. Which shouldn't matter to the makers though, right? No. Like, yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't no. matter at all. Might be confusing. Um, maybe that's it. Uh, okay, we'll move on. We have one more email, so we only got two emails this week. Send us more wait, emails, wait, please. Wait, 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 wait a second. Hold on. Before we move on, what was that guy's name Charles. again? Uh, Charles Richards. Hold on one second. Give me, give me like thirty seconds, guys. Talk amongst yourselves. Are you gonna dox him? Um, Isn't he? I think I know who he is. I think I know who he is. I think so too. His email. His... I think it's Charlie the Lefty. Yeah. That's who he is. <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> yeah, that's you, you, you scoundrel, coming in here and spreading your your false gospel. <laughs> that was that was his alias in the email. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. In reality, he seems to be doing a lot for the left hand knife community. So, thanks for the email and 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 keep your keep your stuff up. Yep. Here's here's the funny thing is that. Unknowingly, he has contributed to our uh, to our main topic, which we're going to talk about later. So, dun, 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 dun. next email, please send us more emails. This is our last email. <laughs> oh, we got two. We got two. I'm happy what? about two. I'm not happy about this email. This is the most disgusting email I've ever been sent Yellow. in my my history of ever having emails. This is from whoa. This, okay. this is from Ryan Palmer. Um, he, Hold on. He said, I, "I think I know that guy too." He says, "We really need more foot knives," and it's a picture of a <laughs> very, very dry <laughs> foot in need of lotion, holding a Spyderco shaman <laughs> what? Um, in what looks like burlap micarta. <laughs> oh, Krug foot carta. Okay. Don't dox anybody. Yeah, um, I sent the picture to uh, Host Lounge so you can see it in all its glory. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, isn't it reverse doxing? Because the real name was just given. So then, how is the uh, username <laughs> doxing? Because then people would associate them. Ryan, listen, okay. Um, one, moisturizing <laughs> feet. Um, two, <laughs> two. I, I completely agree with you. I think there should be more foot knives, same as left hand knives. They're probably about the same size demographic. Um, and also, I'm never gonna buy that knife from you because that's <laughs> kind of gross, and you just killed resale value. Could it be like right hand, like right, not right handed, right footed or left footed? Like, I'm assuming all foot knives are slip joints. It looks like he's right footed though. Yeah. You think he opened that? Uh, that are, are you guys right footed or left footed? I'm right footed for sure. Um, right. I'm actually no. I think I'm left footed. I don't know. I was in marching band in high school, so I always started out with my left foot. 
Um, oh, yeah. two two left foots. What about so, you guys, Vex and Brian? I never right grab it. What about you, Vex? Ever. Here, here's how you know You're what disgusting. foot. What foot do you kick with? Um, I kick with my right, but I grip with my oh, left. Oh, well, I would kick with my right. Maybe foot. I'm ambi foot right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like ambi ambi podiatrist. Uh, everyone wants to be ambi. Everyone wants to be ambi. I can use both of my both of my appendages to the same degree of skill. Whatever. Let's move on. Um. Yeah. Thank you for Thank the question. For the foot right. pick, I agree I with you, man. More feet picks. Anyway, you guys please. are the best. Keep sending us emails. Keep sending us foot picks. More feet picks. I don't have to look at them. Echo. Wait, does. Listen, you send. It, listen, if you send me foot picks, I'm not going to promise that these won't end up on some some pornographic website <laughs> if you send I, foot pics he will reply with foot pics yeah. my feet are pretty i got pretty smooth feet okay that's my that's see my biggest, you guys want those feet <laughs> that's my biggest like every girl i've ever dated they're like man you've got the softest feet i've ever felt in my entire life that is a weird weird, weird, flex. weird I got some baby. you know they're really you know they're really digging down deep into the barrel when they compliment your feet <laughs> you have a yeah that's what i'm gonna do next time i see a, a girl whose feet i can't even see you have a really nice feet <laughs> girl you got some nice soft feet <laughs> yeah uh i i won't promise that you won't be reported to authorities <laughs> did this little piggy go to my house <laughs> um okay okay moving on to knife news brian can go on with that Yes, we got uh, an, another batch of Kaisers. So Kaiser is releasing so many knives, so many designs. Um, the, the first one we're going to talk about is the Kaiser Clutch. Uh, that is, uh, I believe, carbon fiber, guys. Yes, undirectional carbon fiber. Do you, do you believe that is? Yeah. I don't know. What do you yeah, guys think? Yeah, it is, actually. Very cool. It looks nice. I like it. I like it. I don't hate it. it, it I like the blade shape. Same. A lot of belly. Yeah, same thing. Looks like... Like you said last episode, Brian, looks like they moved away from Spiral Pivot. They're keeping with that. Looks like, it just looks clean and safe. I like the inlay. You know what? Like, this, I like handle, the shape of this, this handle reminds this me handle of the... I don't know why, but the blue, the Boost Arrow, that's what it reminds me of. Like with the carbon fiber inlay and the titanium scale. Like, I don't know. I, that's probably a little bit of a stretch, but that's just what it is reminiscent of. But yeah, I think it's just another clean one, but there's not much to say about it. It's just like a good design if you like... If you're, if it appeals to you, then you know, great, right? Yeah. They're trying to hit it. Who is doing that? It. I wanted to flip. I want, no, it was me. I wanted to flip it to see if it. How, it. I wanted to see how it looked like when it was like <laughs> the handle is straight up, like vertical. <laughs> Just turn your head. Yeah, turn my head <laughs> 270 monitor, degrees. I could. I could. Do 270 that. degrees. You'd be snapped. You turn to the right. You, <laughs> then what is it? Good 80 Lord. degrees. Like I don't know. You, you can't do 80. Can you do 80? Yeah, I can almost do 90. I mean, 180, bro. What? 90? What do you mean 80? You know 80 degrees is less than 90 <laughs> degrees. Can you not turn your head at a right angle? No, I can't turn my head at a right angle. What am I? <laughs> am I a chameleon? Like, what do you want from me? No, apparently you have the stiffest neck on earth. Why do we? Why are we allowed to have a podcast? Let's move on. The Kaiser... Y'all are the weak. Kaiser, yeah. The Kaiser <laughs> Aspis. I like this one. It's... I like this one blade too, to handle, a lot, especially the copper. Blade to handle ratio, awful, but like uh, blade design, very cool looking. Um, handle design, very cool looking. I think it's neat. It's I like it's, the flipper it's, it's cool. design too. 
it's it's got some good milling it's got good milling and it's also got good different material like you can to choose be, between copper carbon fiber and just regular titanium that's that's pretty nice i wonder well i'm assuming this is a cost saving measure i was gonna want ask why they went with a titanium inlay on a titanium knife but uh, i'm assuming it's just to save money i just assume well like so it's like you want they designed the knife to have the inlay, right? It doesn't make sense for them to redesign it to not have the inlay. Or, or conspiracy theory about Kaiser knives. What if they end up selling these individually and you can swap them around? What? Oh, you could swap inlays? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. That would be cool. I mean, that would be nifty. That'd be nice. This would be a good knife, I think. Like, if, if you wanted to get someone, like, it would be easy to ask some sort of uh, maker to maybe make, like, a... Uh, a micarta inlay for it like that'd be pretty easy you just send yeah even if you got rid of that middle milling line you just send yeah i found out the big brain reason why they did it why so if you have if you have the the two pieces independent you can anno them different colors more easily oh my god you're right i actually i was actually thinking about that and you're you're correct it would be a lot easier um but still it's not nope Anod- anodizing Kaiser's original finishes on their knives is the pain of refinishing them. Anyway. I want, I yeah. want a, I want a gold frame and the inlay to be lightning anode. Thank you. All right, moving on. Oh, also oh, you have a close. Oh, they're front. Buy one and send it they're to front me. Flippers too. I, actually, I don't know how to they're do that. They're front flippers. I don't know how to do yeah. lightning anode. They're, yeah. they look like they're very usable front flippers. They look good. You might be able to uh, use the hole too if you have long fingernails or really uh, good hands. It looks like you might be able to. I feel like it might be hard it's it'll, more for show. it'll depend on the detent like actually um yeah with with the with the finger flipper because the um the smoke actually has one like this very narrow really thin um i can't get it with my fingernail because i keep my fingernail short but you can kind of squeeze the fat of your finger in there really hard <laughs> and flick it out um it depends it just depends oh, it just depends on where the lock bar is because you can kind of see it peeking out in that little you know in the uh the hole um all right, but um, on to the on to the Kaiser HMS Thunder Chad. Um, Chad, really interesting <laughs> Thunder Chad. <laughs> the, the the Thunder Chad. The Thunder Child. Really interesting milling on this. It looks kind of Tucson esque. <laughs> it looks like garbage, dude. It's Tucson esque. What's the deal with the name? Why is it named after like a ship? Uh, like an HM, <laughs> like HMS. Like what is that? You, you would think the Chad would come before the Thunder, but it's whatever. Okay, so here's the thing. First of all, this handle reminds me of a Kershaw Cryo, but with worse, like, even, like, terrible-looking milling. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Kershaw Cryo, Brian? It looks even cheaper than a Cryo with this milling. What? No. What are you talking about? No. No. It doesn't Brian's look cheap. Just mad. It just looks dumb. That's all. It like, even yeah. looks like that blade is bead blasted. <laughs> like, is that bead blasted or cheap does not cheap? Does it not doesn't cheap. Look Where did it go? Did you delete Who deleted it? Someone deleted it. Press undo. Vex. Press undo. <laughs> Vex. Whoa. Vex. On Vex the top left, press undo. Oh. oh my god. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I accidentally deleted it. Um, <laughs> um I think they should rename this knife uh, from the HMS Thunderchild to the SMH Thunderchild because that's what I'm doing. I'm shaking my SMH, head so bad. SMH, adopt a child. Adopt a child. Oh, Brian, you're so clever and funny. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it looks terrible. I don't, I don't think even want to talk about it. I don't know. It's just nothing special about it. Can we agree that the blade doesn't look like trash? 
It looks like it's Blade looks out. fine. Okay. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. It's like fine. I don't I like know. this I just... one. Okay. Cat what shark. the hell is this name? Cat shark. The cat shark? Yeah, dude. It's like catfish, but a cat shark. Okay, Brian, also, uh, logistically, how hard would that grind be to do? Uh, that no. looks weird as hell. What's the deal with the grind? I'm not really understanding it. Like from the picture. So I'm guessing the 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 flatty looking gray portion near the near the finger hole and stuff that's all flat and then it hits the um, primary bevel. It's weird, that's weird, but it's it's very bizarre. It's interesting though. I kind of like it. Yeah, I like the name honestly the most. Here's the thing: I, I I don't like this one, but I do think that for companies that are machine grinding or milling their blades, you might as well take advantage of the fact that you can do. Um, grind lines and patterns that are different from what's possible by hand. It looks like fun. Um, like, cause like you, um, you know what I mean. Like, why why do a standard grind line when you have the potential to do other stuff? What's the right? deal with the lanyard hole, dual lanyard hole hex thing in the back? Like, what's the deal with that? Is that the lock? Isn't like some weird lock? I don't know. Does anybody know? I have no yeah. idea. I just that is okay. I can tell you exactly what that is because I've seen it on a ton of knives lately. Um, I have a knife that has this on it. It's stupid and useless. That is a bit driver. Oh my god! For one size, oh. so, so they for one size lanyard hole along with the next most useless thing you can put in a knife. Wait, and they could have just had that be the lanyard hole. What's the hole at the top near the blade next to the? There's also one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming those are just. That's not a hole. That's not a hole. That's a stop in. What is it? That's a stop in. Oh, it's, it's a non locking knife. Then what is it? Just, it's just it's weird. Visible it's visible It just looks weird. For, for for viewers who haven't looked at the document, it looks like we're looking at like a seven year old's drawing of the knife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, speculating. <laughs> we're speculating. But here, I actually want to um, I actually want to segue with this knife into uh, just for briefly. They should have just named this one the Thunder Shark, <laughs> and the other one the HMS. Are you Cat on? Child. Are you on? Why Why didn't they just name it the Thundercat? Thunder. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Dude, that would be so good. And then you could name the other one the HMS Shark Child. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say, so Still the Discord, I'm going to call you out, Discord, for talking about this. But you guys were talking about how how Kaiser was going to run their company into the ground by, by designing chubby, fat little knives. And I am not here for it. I stand for these fat, chubby, little, ugly knives. Ugly okay? Knives. <laughs> I think this... There's nothing wrong with chubby knives. I think knives. these fat, little, ugly, chubby, chubby knives are, are cool. Good them <laughs> Are cool and interesting, okay? I mean... There's there's nothing <laughs> wrong. Listen, for just because Kaiser makes one good design and one bad design doesn't mean that they're going to run their company into the ground, okay? Look at CRKT. They make a lot of good designs and never fulfill them. Look at um let's see what's a, what's a company with uh good execution of entirely bad designs. What's one what's one of them? <laughs> Not very many. Oh, I know a company that does really Alignment. good designs and poorly executes them. Uh, wait, um, 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 shoot. Uh, Browse, Browse Blades. Look at- You said amazing execution of bad designs? Wait, no, uh, yeah, you're right. Not Browse Blades. CRK. CRK? You're right. (laughs) CRK is pretty good. (laughs) CRK is a pretty good one. Yeah. They're not gonna, they're not gonna go under. Their knives are too well-priced, and they're coming out with two, they're coming out with a lot of good designs, uh, you know. They're making the numbers go up. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know. What do you want? That's you want them to, you them. want them to make a hit every time they come out with a, you know, a plethora Dude, of I designs. can't wait until we have the the CRK 91, Sabenza 91. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you just say do I expect them to come out with hits every time? You, like what I'm saying is do you expect Kaiser to uh come out Oh, Kaiser. I thought you were talking about I thought no, you were talking no, no, about Kaiser. No, 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 no. I was like, "Yes, no, I do." Okay, so if Kaiser comes out with 20 knife designs at once, which is basically what they're doing, they're like, "All right, here's 20 yeah. designs. Not every one of them is going to be good." If if 80% of our news over the past month has been Kaiser. Yeah. If 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 half of those if 10 of those 20 knives are good designs, I say that's a win in Kaiser's book if those are going to be For sure. I mean, cuz they don't have to keep making Yeah, they can just put them out of put them out of production they don't even have to keep, yeah you're exactly right like that's not going to spell the death so i don't know why all you people are saying that this is going to destroy kaiser as a company i don't think kaiser is struggling right now uh, um, i don't know <laughs> i don't know well they were but i mean i don't i don't think that they're i don't think that this i don't think that this design i don't think that this design stuff okay let me i hope next it. episode I, we find out they go out of business <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat my I'll, uh, the, the cat shark. I'll eat my pants. The, the, the nail in the coffin was a cat really. Shark. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Everyone. Everyone heard this. If we need to put Kaiser out of business by next week, just so we can I'm make. Gonna, a I'm gonna buy pants. Kaiser stock. He, you know, you would probably die from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I I've know plenty of YouTubers that have ate things like their hats and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, but an entire pair of pants. Well, that's a lot of you material. Don't know what pants I wear. Um, I'm assuming you wear like cargo shorts actually. <laughs> I wear sweatpants every day. I'll have you know. Okay. You eat sweatpants. Go ahead. They're stretchy. It'll take you a while. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is <laughs> like eating All right. undercooked steak. I never want to see steak. another Kaiser again in my life. All right. Everybody see. forget everything I said well, about Kaiser. You're going to hate next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, I'm hungry after all this fish talk. Um, okay. Onto this giant slip joint, the Wii 925, which should not be it a slip joint. So it could have been so good. could have been so good. Tashi. The- you were the chosen one. It has oh, a wait. deep carry clip. It has a freaking crown spine. It has a beautiful handle, marble carbon fiber A good blade handle. shape. Beautiful marble carbon. You know what? No. I'm just going to put a slip joint in it. You know what? That's, that's what the they also have no. Days. They also have no, they like, had to um, it up. no pivot like hard. It's like just... The pivot hardware is underneath, I guess. Or is it on the it's back like side? They pulled a spider co on this is one. Is it on the back side? I don't think And you is. can't even blame Weed. It's no. the designer, but the designer just needs to get in touch with reality at this point. The blade is very well, very, Dude, like, blade it's very beautiful. nice. It's beautiful. It's like, it looks like it'll be a great and cut. It reminds me of Shiro. Spot. It does look like a Shiro. Right? Like, just the way the blade looks, kind of looks like a Shiro. You guys are making me want a Shiro again now. Yeah. Hey, actually, real talk, I think that um, the Wii not being in a giant pivot... That's a... That's tasteful freaking logo right there. Is it so much to ask that this just be a thumb stud knife? No. No. How's... How, what you is know, the actually, deployment on this? Is it like a... It's a slip joint. <laughs> slip joint. Well, it's a slip joint, but how do you deploy it? Do you your just fingers, your two fingers. I'm assuming that, that, <laughs> that cut at the bottom. But, but where's where's the <laughs> nail? Where's nick? the nail, Nick? <laughs> you don't need a nail, Nick. No, you, you probably. You don't. know what this reminds me of? Whoa. The the Chiburkov. Yeah. Stris. Str- 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 I don't speak it Russian. It reminds me of Chiburkov. 
Why? Like, I, why? I'll post it. I'll post a picture in Discord so that y'all can compare it side by side. But they are like really. The sick. Deep Clary clip on a freaking uh, slip joint is so funny to me. Oh, it looks. <laughs> well, I already told you, right? The the Chebrikov Striz is like literally like, not a clone, but a, very similar to the Enzo Enzo Burke. Yeah, but they they're selling better. <laughs> I didn't have a counter argument, so I just said that. I wouldn't be mad to own this knife, regardless of the fact that it's a slip joint. Get that um, from your grandpa. My, my problem isn't just that it's a slip joint, it's that it's a freaking enormous slip joint. It is huge. What's the dimensions on it? It's like a four-inch hey, blade or something. Imagine, imagine Will, Will Parsons having this knife. Imagine him using it, because he'll chop his fingers off. Yeah, it would finally be the entire <laughs> finger this time. Do you, see that? Do you see that, though? I posted it. What? Um... Okay, so if you type in Wii925 on Google, 925 is the percentage of silver and most silver. <laughs> like, um, what do you call those? What What's that? What's a metal hybrid? Copper, you, bronze. Like when you mix metals. No, when you mix metals. Um, alloy. Alloy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you were going to say, uh, but I didn't, I didn't know where <laughs> you were going. Sorry. <laughs> Via... Night. So, uh, you good luck finding anything on this knife unless you go to Wee's uh, Instagram page. Why? It's, it's nice. Why did he have to make it a slip joint? That makes me so mad, honestly. That makes me so mad <laughs> because this is the second one that y'all have done that pissed off Vex. The first one was that weird compound when they, uh, grind. Released it. I'm like, wow, this design's awesome. And someone's like, that's a slip joint. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's how I thought Vex. Like, it's like I'm like, man, this thing's really awesome. <laughs> It was every Instagram comment was wait it's a slippy why <laughs> uh, why would they do that you know you messed up when 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 that pops up yeah. I think it's so funny like I don't know how companies just miss the mark so hard it's just so funny. every time every it's, time it, by companies you mean no, we, we, we miss the mark the every like, single time this. It's like if I was we I'd tell the designer okay. straight up like dude no one wants a damn slip joint. Let's be honest here. So we we either does really bad designs or they do really good designs and screw them up. They're really well made. They're really like this is this is probably a really well made, really well designed knife. Oh. And they're just like let's let's mess up something about it. And I'm like okay, we're gonna make it slip joint. Yeah, I don't know. This is made for a thumb stud, and it's it it, it is surprising that it's not thumb studded. You know. <laughs> That's the logical choice. Sometimes you don't have to go weird. Sometimes you can just go logical. I like how everyone in the comments like, this is awesome, until they find out it's a slip joint. Slip <laughs> <laughs> joint? That was us in the Discord, too. Like, someone posted yeah. a picture, and everyone was like, dude, that's so cool. And then it's like, dude, it's a slippy. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? A slip joint? I'm never getting over that. Never. Um, imagine if the Scopio was a slip joint. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on. I just wish they, I just wish they'd make one good knife. That's so much to ask. Anyway, Tashi Barucha, another giant slip joint. This one I actually the like. A joint. It's not a slip joint. It's, it's an A. Joint. It's not. It's not the name. That's the name of the uh, lock system. Yeah, it's weird. It's not. It's like. It's weird. No, 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 I'm saying. Dumb. Yeah, he said slip joint. I said A joint. That's what. That's what the lock. No, is. it's it's a slip joint system. Yeah, but they're calling it the A joint. It's just like. No more arguing. Somebody buy me this in orange. Is this my, this I think my, this is like a flat ground slip joint rowdy. This looks like the yes. Spyderco PPT is what this looks like. <laughs> yeah. I want this. I want this in a front flipper. No more front flippers. Stop making them. 
Vex, take your hole and and sell it, and then you can pay somebody else to agree with your bad opinions. Oh. So, we need this to be a front flipper. So, this system, in practice, is very similar to the Monterey Bay Knives EWC. So, the double D really? and slippy kind of... Yeah, it's not a lock bar. Um, now, the reason why... I don't like it with this design is that the only advantage of having a double detent slippy is like this sounds like it actually okay. locks though the EWC didn't lock at all oh yeah so, this well this one seems stronger than the EWC but I just so feel like we, it's not very satisfying to play with that kind of thing I don't know if the action is smooth enough couldn't you add a spidey hole to this <laughs> I was thinking uh, about it. I was looking at it would be a PPT basically <laughs> But like, but but a giant one because this thing's like a four inch blade. Idea, like right where the logo is. You right? could, yeah, you're you right. Could, you're yeah, exactly you're right. right. Yeah, the logo's a perfect yeah, spot to be there. I'm super curious, thing. actually. That is not a bad idea. Too bad I don't care. Hey Brian, if I get one of these and I send it to you, would you would you check out to see if it was logistically possible to do that? No, you would want to set it to carb because carb has the ability to do the spidey hole. I don't have the million or um. License. Oh, okay. Or not not do that. carb, but also well, you can send it to carb, but also uh, Chris in our Discord. Yes, also uh, CML Metalworks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen him act a little bit. Either, either one of them could do a spidey hole for you. I don't have the bit for it, nor do I want to spend a hundred dollars on a bit. So the bits are yeah. You're not a good friend. Are, yeah. Also, it's it's kind of sketchy to do spider. <laughs> it's kind of sketchy to do spider holes because they like it, yeah. it can sling the blade around. Like if you're not careful it's just that's why i wouldn't either do it either the blade will the sling around or the or the bit will skip across the entirety of the blade and just ruin the you know ruin the, blade <laughs> the thing is these are so they're not cheap cheap but they're so inexpensive that it wouldn't really yeah we'll see me too much i could just add a thumb stub well, to this why wouldn't i when just chris do that? so i know what chris does when he messes up a blade like this like if if the if it skips across the knife the bit He'll um, he'll acid wash it basically so that it uh, it looks kind of cool still. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could do that. Um, obviously, the only thing you couldn't fix is like if you accidentally drilled the hole too close to the spine and then it broke. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, most things are fixable. Um, oh man, I've been uh, waiting for this next knife. Oh, I just got it. I got to okay. crap on it. I got to crap on it. Let's go. Hold on. Okay, before you crap on it, I think this is an interesting prospect and gives people more choices in the sub hundred dollar price category do i think it's good do i think it's good not necessarily but i think it gives people more options okay brian go ahead all right so we're talking about the ferrum forge mini archbishop um so let's let's talk about what this is supposed to do so it's supposed to be a cheaper version right it's supposed to be more pocket friendly that's why it's the mini version so <clears throat> what we're looking at is um, a spidey hole. Pockets. I don't know, but spidey hole. Uh, not a spidey hole. Sorry. Um. Uh. What, what would you call that hole shape? Uh. Uh. Knife shape. Whatever. Knife it, shape. It's 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 a it's a hole shape. Um. It's kind of like elongated, Man but built. it's for you know Man spidey built. flicking for thumb flicking all that stuff. Regular. It it's has huge. a It has a regular it, flipper. It's like a Gavco sized hole. Now the main thing to me about this knife is the price and the steel. So it is ninety five dollars. And it's 9CR18 MOV. It is tiny. It is tiny. Now, um, I, I will say, when so when the Mass Drop Gen originally came out, not currently, but it was I think it launched at $80. You could get it with G10, titanium liners, and S35V and steel. 
This is steel liner with 9 CR18 MOV, and it's almost 100 bucks. The thing is, you can also get a gent in carbon fiber, too, so... Did yeah, but that's more expensive than I, this. See, my but, thing like, is, but the steel is better. Are they manufacturing No. No. Like a 9 CR18 MOV, only China Isn't would do that. Isn't that... Yeah. These knives are made out of some of them now? It's probably who did it, because we... Do y'all think Civivi is going to start OEM one? <laughs> I mean, why not? They they make budget knives. It's a better option than freaking CRKT. What if this is the first Civivi OEM that we're that we're seeing? It very well could be. I mean, um, I'm not pleased with the price. I'm not either. But that but... might just be Fair and Forge like markup, you know, like because they just charge more for stuff. Oh, well, yeah. that and they said it's limited, so people are actually going to get their custom HRC. It is. I don't know. It's <laughs> so it's ninety five dollars. I assume that's because of the carbon fiber. I think it like seventy bucks. Well, this so I think they're charging this much probably because of the carbon fiber scale or something. Because <laughs> their la- their lackey is sixty. Their lackey their lackey is sixty dollars. So I don't know. Yeah, but the carbon fiber isn't even attractive. It's like the most boring carbon fiber you can get. These are not sold out, by the way. At the moment, so if you're wanting one of these, I don't know why you would, but if you do, they're there. Like one buy one and go get it's one. an attractive design. It's just overpriced. It looks like a void. The sharp-eyed design void. The blade does big old hole. Yes, if you wanna, if you wanna. Oh, speaking of which, I just got my invoice for the void. Mm-hmm. Uh, yay, happy day. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're looking for a cheap sharp by design void, this is not that you should, far off. Uh, pick this up secondhand. That's that's my review. Pick it up second. Yes, market value on these is probably going to put these about 60, 70 bucks. That's that's Grab a decent price. That. That's fine. That's an absolutely fine price. So, that's fair. So, that's fair. It's, not, it's not a fantastic price either, though. Even then, it's just okay. Like, that's what's acceptable. You know, these are also, these look pretty easy to do um, overlays for. So, they could maybe offer these in separate materials. Maybe like a micarta yeah. or G10 or whatever people Maybe like, like not 9 CR 18 MOV at $95. <laughs> yeah. Brian, this is America. That's how much things cost when they're made in foreign countries and imported here. Make it. China made it. No, no, but when we import them, that's how much we mark up the price because this is America. Oh, it's America now. No, I just am curious why. I don't know. Okay, so look, listen. So you guys are talking about how this is like not made by China. The only reason I was been so confused about this is because it's not a part of their Pro Series line. And they show all of their Chinese models made by Wii. I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't state who makes it, you know? Normally, um, I have seen where some where some companies that do OEM work, they don't want you to say their name because of, like, price, you know, price mm-hmm. variance. But to be honest, this is marked up so much that I don't know why the heck they would bother with that. Yeah, you know? that's why I'm just confused, you know? Like, it's not like this is going to tarnish Civivi's good I don't prices. think, I don't, this no, no, I don't. competing with Civivi. I don't think that Civivi is the one doing it. I think that Fair and Forge doesn't want people to know it's made by whoever because it should be way cheaper. Because mm. if people knew this was made by Civivi, wouldn't they say, wait, why is this $95 or and the backlash is like. Yeah, even if it was made by Wii, like the lackey is made by Wii. And that's sixty bucks. The the only thing that made me think this would be Civivi is the fact that it's like a steel liner lock, which they do a lot. But the the carbon fiber doesn't look like Civivi's. The hardware doesn't really look like Civivi's. So it, it probably isn't them. But I, Brian, send them an send them an Instagram message. Yeah, they will, call they them. Will, they probably the will phone. answer if you send an Instagram message. <laughs> Who made the mini arch push up? 
Who just did ask it? them if it's made by we like the rest of their pro series or if it's um or if it's some other manufacturer and then if they say they choose not to comment on it then uh then we know the answer uh, i i, I can't i can't send that kind of uh, message because my fingers would automatically type other stuff well i guess i can do it on can i use the can i do it on the podcast account the instagram account yeah do it do it do it do it do it It'll make us. It'll make us look. I'll prolific. do that right now while y'all discuss the uh, the next knife. Next knife. Okay. okay. Wait. So do you Brian, have the podcast account? Oh wait. I actually don't have the podcast account logged in on my phone. I'll do this Hold after. I'll do this, this after. after. Uh, the next one is really interesting. So the next knife we're going to talk about, we mentioned it last week, is the Kunwu Orion. Um, this knife was hyped because they, uh, claimed an HRC of 62 on S35VN, which we have never seen before on a production knife or really any knife, um, even custom. Um, now this got tested by Kurt today, or at least he released the video today and it came back at 58. Close enough. Close enough. No. So for those who don't know HRC stuff, that is a massive, massive variance. Um, this is the ugly knife we were talking about with the red carbon fiber, right? Like the black and red. I wouldn't call it ugly, but kind of boring, yeah. Uh, Basically, the only redeeming factor was that it was supposed to be run very hard and hand sharpened. Cheap. It's hard and cheap. (laughs) (laughs) You hand sharpened, you hand sharpened 58 HRC S35EN. Congratulations, right? Like, I don't care anymore. Um, that's super disappointing. Like, I, that was one of my predictions that I made, though, uh, last week. So, I have a question, Brian. Would you be... So, you're already disappointed in this. I, I understand that completely. Would you be less disappointed if some of them were 62 and they just lacked consistency? Or would oh, you be I'd be less disappointed if them sure. were 58 because they were consistent? <laughs> no, I'd be... I'd be um, I would prefer if some were 62 and some were 58 so we can at least try the 62 ones. Just for science. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am genuinely curious how it performs, and now I don't get to know because they failed me. Can you imagine having bought one of these and <laughs> getting it in for this purpose and how, how pissed off you'd know, be? Right? Oh, I, I would know. demand oh, a refund for sure. It's just so stupid. Why would you market that? Such an obvious, not even a range, just the exact freaking number. That's why I said last podcast. That's, and then that's not super... meet it. And not even come close... Yeah, that's, that's the super thing. Not even close. Like Maybe numbers like, were okay, different in China. <laughs> yeah, 61, I'd be like, you know what? Sure, right? But six, but 58? 58? Maybe the only people that have are know. allowed to like guess exact number are custom makers that actually test the blade right after they're done. Teaching. Okay, to be fair, how many of these did Kurt test? Just one? One. Okay, well, to actually know the- a real, like... Like to be closer to what the real numbers are, you'd have to test a bunch of them to know, you know. For sure, that that goes for any knife. Yeah. But the problem is that fifty-eight yeah. is like a huge variance, right? right? Like right. it could That's, be an anomaly, but like I mean, if it had hit sixty-one, I wouldn't be so irritated. Yeah, no, but sixty-one, it, I'd be like, okay, that's within yeah, reasonable variance. Like but if they're gonna advertise sixty-two, they should all be right there at 62 there shouldn't be any variance my point is they got to be over 60 at least minimum like all of them no variance below 60 ever and this one's a decent bit below 60 yeah so i i am very disappointed in kunwu um <laughs> bad shame kunwu. on you bad. Kunwu. 
What expectations did you have? 62, because they said 62. Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I just... They're a new company. Uh, I expected they, what they told me, and then they didn't deliver. Uh, yeah, I I'm, give people the benefit of the doubt until they uh, they do this. Nah, you should, you should wait till you see it. <laughs> I say, okay, you know what? You tell me it's going to be 62, then I'm going to wait until it gets tested, and until it gets tested, I'm going to believe you. Once the test results come back and you lied to me, then uh, now, now we're angry. Uh, I don't care that much. So y'all nobody was gonna so buy that knife anyway. Pissed off Brian. I was. If it was sixty-two, I would have bought it to test it. And then you test it, and it's not sixty-two. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying if, if if it if if one of them came back sixty-two, I would have bought it, then tested it, and then done like cut tests and toughness tests mm. and stuff because I'm curious about it. And you know they're not that expensive. You should you should film cut tests. You know when you talk about um, you cutting like. You know, 400 yards of cardboard and stuff. You should film that. I should, but the thing is, now I have Tom do it for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> what does he? Do? He does it on his YouTube, right? Yes, he does How actually. Because yeah, he has his own podcast. Yeah, he what? <laughs> what do you mean? Their podcast is one before ours. Oh, he does his. Well, we can. We can. Uh, he can. And it's can, at the, well, and it's at the same time. Oh, it is crossover episode. This is the we best could, time we could to have all of them on here, and we could have like how many people are on there? Four or five? No. Yes. No. I, Echo, I'm not shut editing up. that. I that sounds terrible. That. No one. Well, hey, wait, wait. We you would can, have their editor do it. He's oh, better you anyway. You can split up. So. You can split up the <laughs> editing work. You can do. You can do half, and then they can do the other half. How they edit it all? Dude. Actually, I actually never listen to their podcast. They, they live stream it, dude. They live yeah, they live stream that shit. Oh. That is a, a brain right there. nightmare. <laughs> Why can't we just not edit once? Because curse words. I know, but we can just do explicit. We can. One we joint can. explicit episode. Do you know how much of a of a train wreck this would be live? Uh, I don't know. Literally, last episode, within five minutes, you told somebody to shut the <laughs> F up. <laughs> I think it might be fun. We'll, we'll consider it in the future. We, I'm talk. We, no, we'll hey, do a live also, episode. But that's are we? we will. I I think we should at some point. But however, I don't think that we're gonna make a. Ha- that's not how every episode's gonna be. I think that we'll we'll advertise it as a live episode where we can answer questions in a Q and A format. Yeah. Hey, if y'all are sending us, e- I forgot what I was. Gonna say. <laughs> what? Okay. If y'all are sending us emails, let us know if you would if you would like a live podcast one time and and submit some questions. And, and send us do emails. We, do that. we can, we can send us emails. Behind the edge pod at gmail dot com. How would better, we do that? We would do it on Twitch. You better TV. make that Twitch right now. Twitch. We could also do it on YouTube. You could also do it on YouTube. Correct. We can do it to both at the same time. Le- We'll do it both of them. Just tell us you want it. If one person emails in, convincingly enough, Echo might let us do it. I can be swayed. Everyone harass he's, him. He's pretty easy to convince to do things. Email me if you want me to do it on Twitch or YouTube. I don't know which is easier. I know we have a lot of older gentlemen listening to the podcast, so <laughs> YouTube is easier. Y'all, y'all some boomers. <laughs> if, we have older, if, we, if we have people that don't know what Twitch is, we'll stick to YouTube. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, Alright, so yeah, Kunwu... We, we were talking about Kunwu, and now we're going to talk about the Benchmade bailout. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Real quick. Has anybody tested these, actually? 
Wait, wait, okay. what do you mean by they, tested? Like HRC tested. Yes, a bunch of people did. They had, they came out. Uh, like this this has been tested like by a, a big, bunch of different people. This was people. like a big thing. There's like Instagram videos. And... No, I, I mean, I mean this currently oh, up, oh, updated. I don't know. No, not not we've so okay. We need to explain what, what happened. No, I knew the original one was tested. Yeah, strap. right. We need to explain what happened first. So first, the Benjamin Bialik controversy was that they were running their three V in, in on purpose at around fifty six HRC, <laughs> um, which is very soft. You can bend it ninety degrees and it won't snap, but it'll just stay bent it's like, like plated. Like it's, like, it's like butter. Uh, yeah. So they so we so there was a community uproar and people said, Hey Benchmade, what's going on? Why are you running it so soft? And Benchmade said, The reason we're running our three B soft is for ease of sharpening in the field. <laughs> um, for anyone who knows about the chemistry of three B, that's not true because you still have vanadium carbides. Like in, in that's what the V stands for, right? Vanadium. So you still have it's it's still gonna be like not you can't just sharpen it on a rock, right? Like that's if you're gonna dumb. if you're gonna yeah, it was it was dumb from the start, and so the idea is, you know, and and they said it'd be tougher, um, which of course it'll just roll everywhere because that's what you know. Yeah, and then there's the fact that it was mixed in with like a lightweight, flexible handle, and it's supposed to be like a hard use pry bar. So there was a lot <laughs> of stuff imagine, that didn't. You imagine um, batoning with that thing and it bending in the wood as you. Yeah, it's for real. So Alchemy One, uh, Clint, he emailed uh, Benchmade um, asking about it, and that's what they responded to him. Um, they said, uh. plain and simple, that's their words, plain and simple, um, it was for those reasons I mentioned, you know, ease of sharpening and toughness. Um, recently, they have upped the hardness of their 3B to over 60, so around 61 HRC. Um, and when asked about this, right, there, there are two things people asked. One is, why did you raise it when you said it was good before, right? Because that's because you, you can't just raise it and not admit fault, right? And then yeah, the second, well, yeah, that's what they did. And then the second <laughs> thing that they did is, um, or that they asked uh, Benchmade is they said, "Hey, um, we have the fifty six HRC blades. Will you replace them like other companies have done when they messed up, like Tuya? Right? Because Tuya offered to either give you a, a free budget knife or to replace your blade on the Hive, right, with a better HRC one. So people asked, "Hey, Benchmade, um." Are you going to replace our th- our uh, our crap three B blades? Mm, dude, yeah. And Benchmade basically yeah. said, "Yeah, go screw yourself." <laughs> like, I, this is why I, I don't. This is why. Um, so yeah, when everyone sits there and brags about Benchmade's customer service, we can bring this up. <laughs> I wouldn't have well, expected. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, like anyway, like that just. I, I, but it's their fault. Yeah, but they don't. And they see, won't yeah, admit it's their fault. They don't see it. They're they're going to take the Soviet approach to this. They don't see this as like. You know, this this problem never existed. You know, they're not gonna <laughs> But then why did they change it if it if it wasn't a problem? I mean because they wanted to. They can say they came up they can <laughs> literally they say want. that th- they could come up with any reason. They can say we came up with new information. This we is fired just that our... last employee that said that. <laughs> they came up with new information yeah. that what? <laughs> they can say we came up with new information that helped us blah 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 and then then Right. So they came up with new information that helped them improve, which means that the previous blades were crap, right? Like they should just be like we like the yes, numbers. Yes, but I'm saying that they're not going to like Acknowledge that it was a problem. Like that's that's going to be as that if if they even said but, that, but they be are as far as an acknowledgement as they would get. You know what I mean? I'm saying that by 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 changing it, they are implicitly acknowledging that it was a problem. Well, yeah. Otherwise, well, I yeah. mean, you can make that argument with every Spartaco CQI. 
Well, they are. Yeah, that Spider Co CQIs are literally imp- called constant quality improvement. But should they? So they. But admit, Spider Co doesn't sit there and brag about their customer service. Yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, what everyone I'm saying with the CQI is they admit that the previous version was not as good. I mean, what do you want? Like, what do you want Benchmade to say that they had a problem? I want them to say, "Hey, HRC yeah. is important, and 56 wasn't good enough, so that's why we improved it." Mm, my mm-hmm. guess is their PR people said no to that, and that's just the end of that. My po- my point is that's what other companies do, and Benchmade is the only one getting <laughs> for it because they refuse to admit that 56 HRC on 3V does not perform. Like, I that's why that's what's so frustrating about it to me is that they won't admit it and they keep perpetuating the narrative that hrc doesn't matter except wait a second we're gonna up it anyway because then all the normies are like look benchmade says 56 is good so that's good for me and then they we should just stop <laughs> heating man we should just be focused on sharpening yeah so um in line, cuts out of the box yeah <laughs> it gets dull in shipping <laughs> Did you guys hear about the M4 version? Did we talk about that last week no, or not? We the M4? No, we did okay. not. So there's an M4 version um, in green aluminum scale, so no flex anymore. Um, at 62 to 64 HRC is what Have they're they advertising. Have re- released a picture of this? Their M4 is usually ran pretty good, so I don't know why the hell they would do that with their 3V. Right, and that's the, this makes it even worse, right? Because the M4, everyone likes their M4. It's run higher. The 3V that they run softer, nobody liked it, and now that it's higher, people are happy with it. Why can't they just admit that it's better when it's run high? Like Being wrong is the worst thing in the world, Brian. I, I don't personally care. As long as they fix the problem, I don't personally care if Benchmade... I care a lot, actually, because... If they're not, if they don't see it as a problem, unless we test it and find it out, in other words, we're doing their quality control for them, I don't like that, right? Well, that's fair, should, yeah, but- that's right. Companies should be responsible for their own product and putting out something good, yeah. not us. Like yeah. we shouldn't have to get things rockwall tested. Like that's last resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what we never talked about? I don't think we have. That's coming out. It's pretty big. Is the Giant Mouse GM6? Have we talked about that? That's because we don't. That's because no one cares Will about it. Wants no, it. I care. I care. I think it's interesting. I just we haven't really seen much information well, about it that Friday matters. Didn't we? Here's a picture right here. Uh, is that's the one with the saber grind, no, right? That's the one that's integral. Yeah, it's the saber grind actually. <laughs> I thought we only saw like small images. Like we discussed this when Will was on one time. Oh, uh, before like, we only saw the the butt yeah. and teasers. Now we yeah, have, we have. They've showed off the yeah, whole now night. They now they show the action video. It's 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 an Anzo design. Oh, it's cool looking. Yeah, I like images. it. It's neat. Um, but here's the thing with the GM knives is um they're super super like they can be super high quality or super this not. This is made by Riyadh though, so. Oh, so I mean, it's worth it. Even then, though, like I, I don't know what it is about it. Like, here's the thing: you know, with Riot, is that they make how you give it to them. Yep. Well, we, yep. like we just we discussed this before, so it's like pretty reliable with their designs. But I just think their designs are just meh. My problem with this is the handle does not look like it matches that blade. Oh no, the blade oh. looks tiny too compared to the handle. It looks weird as heck. No, I don't think it's that. I don't think so. I think it's. Bizarre. I don't think it's. And also, this being one giant mouse and two Riot, this, this is going to be, be like five hundred dollars flat. Yep. Yeah, it'll be. A yeah, it's going to be expensive. I don't know that the M three ninety is going to be. It's M three ninety, right? Probably. Yeah. And what what is that? Just a ma- machine finish yeah, on the blade? Yeah. It, there's nothing. Come on, guys. It is an integral though, but I mean, that's not integrals. Aren't yeah, cool but for anymore. for for five for twenty dollars more, you, for five twenty, you can get a Python, which is bigger. Has decent steel, 
is the best knife ever made and has and God, has a mirror Jake, that was, finish. Jake, that was the worst comparison you could have ever it's made. Not, you're like you're like, look at this other knife that is just so overpriced. Just so overpriced, simple materials. But here's the good thing. But you guys are overlooking this part. You can get a Pison aftermarket for like three fifty, four hundred bucks. These are always gonna sell. Oh, these gonna sell because John Nelson is gonna make four of them, and they're gonna be astronomical. I think that for what you're getting, it's not worth it. So I don't want to talk about it. I just think the price is a little. Bleh. Well, I put it in the Google Doc for people to see. And the clip is a, uh, it's a hidden hardware clip. It, you said it's coming out Friday, Friday, right? So good luck when it's. You said it's so coming out Friday. Friday. So it's coming out in this week, and we still have no price point, and Giant Mouse refuses to give us a I know. Price someone point. in the comments is like, so do we know the um, blade shape or blade size yet? And they're like, I bet you don't. Like, what kind of response is that? What does that mean? And you're like, what? That's that's bizarre. Like, I don't know. I don't. And I, then people I like that I, comment. I Like, bet you don't. Like, it's such a stupid. Why? People shill so hard. Oh, yeah. The, the Giant Mouse is one of the. They are geniuses at marketing. I don't like almost any of their knives, but they are super good at marketing. Oh, yeah. Because even when the Italian Italy was making their knives, they were terrible, and people still bought them for who knows what reason, just because their designs were good, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, even then, they're, they're, the design, even on this, is kind of boring. I mean, integrals, you can't do a whole lot with them at a low, low-ish cost, but yeah, it's a, I don't, I don't it's know. I'm saying if... If it you want to make an integral cheaper, you're going to have to cut some corners for design. But this is expensive. It's going to be expensive, 100%. Plus, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's nothing special about it. It looks like, like you said, the blade shape does not match the handle at all. The blade finish is mediocre at best. It's, it's straight handle, up just like a low satin. Like, none of this is expensive. Oh, yeah. No. What you're paying for is the name and the, and the fact that the handle is one piece, which is... Again, integrals are kind of overrated. Yeah, okay. they are. Um, the other they thing, the other thing is like, I mean, you're paying for the, the designer name, I guess, as well. Um, but uh, like, I, I I've ground Ria M390 before. It's good, but it's not very hard to grind either. Like, they could have done a nicer finish, if, like very easily, not much cost. But this is still going to cost a ridiculous amount, and I'm not sure that I'm okay with like cutting corners there when it's like already so overpriced probably probably going to be very overpriced that's my prediction um so i think i think i don't think this will go above seven or so but with john else i you know well their 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 other knives have already been what like three four hundred dollars yeah so so riot so with their like sonoma the sonoma was the most expensive knife they'd done in the ace lineup to that point so um, I'm curious to see if this is going to be the most expensive knife in their giant it mouse line. It well, I know be. it will be because well, it's look at like I mean, even though they're not integral, some of the other giant mouse ones are um, like have way more like milling and stuff, you know? Yeah, but integrals always. But drive most of them are just plain. Crazy. How much does a biblio even cost? Uh, From their ace line biblio, I think it's what two fifty like five for the black one. I don't know how much to what. Yeah, it's expensive. The and that's from the A line. That's not even okay, from the Micarta like, one is actual... 175. But that's, that's still crazy. pretty expensive. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not terrible, but it's like Italian made. Looking at their previous knives, they always do 300 of them. So I'm guessing this is going to be another one of those, like, you either get it or you don't. I, oh, is this another I, limited I, run? Yes. yes. 
Yeah, all their numbers. Limited are, runs are so stupid. Limited. limited runs are the dumbest thing you could possibly do, unless you're unless you're a super small maker and you're genuinely worried about selling them, then that's fine. But Giant Mouse is going to sell more than 300 of these if they wanted to. You know? Yeah, but it gives the collector something to live for. Look at my cool collection of knives I'll never use. No, it gives people something to steal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Big rip. Okay. Moving to the main topic then. How much power does the enthusiast market have? Brian, you posed this question, so I, I'm going to yes. let you, I don't know. Wherever you're going with okay. this. Okay, here's what spawned this discussion. So we were talking about, in the Discord, we were talking about Benchmade, the bailout controversy, and the recent events about the bailout where they upped the uh, HRC. And what I said is, this is indicative of the enthusiast market having more influence over companies um, than most people realize. So I think that, are that the enthusiast market, which is obviously smaller than the market of average people buying knives, right? I still think that the enthusiast market has a huge amount of influence um, over companies, especially the companies we care about, right? Some more enthusiast-oriented companies like Spyderco, Benchmade, uh, ZT, you know, like higher-end companies. I think that the enthusiast market has a lot of influence and we should, if now that we realize that we can actually change things, right? Because people are saying, oh, they're not going to change, you know, it's just going to be what it is. Now that we know that companies are actually going to change, even the stubborn ones, I think that's more impetus for, you know, going forward with this more, like, you know, more and more HRC testing, more second independent verification, more cut tests, like all that stuff. Because I think that stuff matters and it influences people's opinions and purchasing decisions. So that's that's what the topic is like that's or that's what the topic came from like that was my position. first off we need to get the definition of an enthusiast out there what's an enthusiast to you um to me an enthusiast is someone who now this is an arbitrary amount i'm not sticking to this number um but is willing to pay over 200 dollars for a knife um, that doesn't have to, not every knife in their collection has to be over two hundred dollars, but just is willing to pay that much if the knife is like meets all their requirements. I, I disagree with that definition just because there are enthusiasts who can't afford that stuff, but they ha still have thirty nine. I think if you have more knives than you can reasonably use, or reasonably justify. No, I, I don't. You know, I, no, no. The, the reason why I'm saying that is so there, there's another part of the criteria. So I'd actually say it's more like 150. Actually, now that I think about it, so around 150 or more, you're willing to spend that much on a knife. You don't have to. I'm saying you're willing to if it meets all your requirements, like gives you all the things you want to, and also um, you have to uh, collect. Collect. You have to be a collector, not just like use, like not like you use like a couple of knives, but like. Yeah. Okay. You don't need to have you don't need to have a large collection. You can you know buy and sell and trade constantly. You know have a constant influx and lead like incoming and outgoing knives. But you do need to be like in the market participating, right? Um, these Wait, are, that's my thing is you need to be knowledgeable about knives. Like anyone could have money and can buy expensive things, but if you don't know what you're buying or you don't pay attention to the market, then you're not an enthusiast. You're just someone with money. So, well, I, I still count them as enthusiasts if they're if they're spending their money on knives, even if it's like blindly or, you know, it, it maybe in our opinion, ignorantly, I still consider them to be enthusiastic about knives. So, um, so and the reason I define it that way is just for the purposes of this discussion. Um, in other words, what I'm trying to say is the types of people who are willing to spend $150 or more on a knife who are going to buy and sell and trade knives constantly or keep a large collection. These are the types of people who are um 
a smaller segment of the knife user population, but have a disproportionate influence on co- knife companies. That, that's my argument, at least. Yeah, I agree with that to some degree. So, and, you know, the, the reverse of the argument is obviously um, people say, like, you know, companies like Benchmade aren't targeting their knives, like the bailout, at high-end users. Um, they're targeting it towards, like, average people. Um, people Normies. who... Sure, right, normies. Um, but average people <laughs> who, um, you know, don't look at, like, YouTube reviews to, you know, decide what knife they want. Don't look at uh, whatever, right? Like, so that, that's the counter-argument is that, um, the, that you know, some people, like, they just buy knives that they think look cool and Benchmade is catering towards them so they don't need to care about HRC because the average person doesn't understand HRC. So it's the, kind of that argument is the reverse argument. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> you agree? So, with, like I agree with both opposite stances. I agree with everything. So my, my thing is, I I kind of agree <laughs> with both as well. I can totally see the so the enthusiast market. I think it does have some power. Um, the loud minority thing, basically the people that complain whine the most. Um, especially on you know all these higher end knife companies posts. Some of them might get what they want. Um, but I would also argue that those companies or those people are not going to influence companies like Benchmade to ever change anything, really, because that's not their demographic. They changed the bailout, which is aimed at, you know, apparently aimed at um, more affordable, like, you know... Uh, but that that was outright, like, a problem. I, I'm more referring to, like, design changes. Well, you say it was a problem, but people are saying that it's not a problem people would notice because only enthusiasts would care about HRC. I would actually argue more that people that use their knives... So, I, I feel like if you gave both of those knives to, say, Tom, who uses his knives, um, barring his enthusiasm for them, if he just used them both side by side, he'd probably notice a difference between the two. So, people that are actually going to sit there and use the knives, I think, would would probably notice, like, okay, yeah, this knife that I paid $200 for is getting kind of dull really quickly. You know, um, so, so they, they may not care outright about hrc hrc they might not know what it is but it still really really affects them and i'm sure they would notice it if you give so, side side to people who actually use them for these people who apparently are just average users right who don't go on youtube or social media and they're not enthusiasts right so they don't go actively looking at just knife stuff all day even if they have a problem with edge retention for example and they say oh this gets a little dull a little faster how would that influence Benchmade as a company? Like, how would that even get to Benchmade's ears that these people are experiencing a performance difference? The only, the only thing, thing that, that I could think of would be um, just, just like, like customer, customer service, service complaints. complaints. Um, but, but even then, that's, that's a bit of a, like a far-fetched kind right. of thing. Right, I don't think that people are calling right Benchmade and saying, hey, my edge retention is a little low. Like, like the average person, I, I don't I think, think a big influencer would have to say something, honestly. Right, that's what like, I think. If, that's why I'm saying all, that okay, enthusiasts matter. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, Yeah, but again, that's like that's like a a problem thing that I I, I don't know. I I, I think I, I don't think enthusiasts have any influence on that demographic, like working demographic knives um, design choices, for example. Like people Look at the tropin. Been... Look at the Spartaco tropin. Before even released, we saw that the blade was like easy to cut your finger when you're. That exactly. was so people easy to see. Complain and no, they didn't say all day long about it. 
yep, didn't do a thing about it. It's still, you can still buy one and exactly. it will still cut and your finger. Like, oh, yeah, like, dude, that was like when it was a prototype and people were calling it out. They still released it like that. Literally, that you could see it in their exactly. catalog when they announced it. Is it the Trojan still in production? I hope not. Yes, you can still get them. I handled one at... Well, yeah. I, I don't know if they're still being made, but you can still go buy them. I don't very, know why they made that knife. That was made that knife. dumb. That was dumb. Now, okay, but here's here's the point I want to make, is that um, companies... So, every, every... So, people always talk about, like, they always, like, want to act like they know all the market information that companies have access to, right? So, they'll be like, oh, Benchmade is catering towards this demographic, Right. I don't look at it that way because I don't have access to that information. What I do have access to is knowledge of what companies do and how they react to people in our community. So, for example, when I look at Benchmade upgrading the heat tree on their 3V, what is that a response to, right? That feels like a response to the enthusiast market. When I see Spyderco and other companies giving Nick Shabazz free knives to review, I think they're targeting the enthusiast market, right? Like, those are all things, like, that seem directed at the enthusiast market and it's it makes it feel like they care about that segment significantly well also you know if someone is just looking for because i see these people pop up on knife club every now and then if someone's looking for they just want one you know good knife they just want a knife they can use day in day out and not have any issues under 150 dollars they may search for that stuff on youtube they might not be into it but they may you know type in like you know, because uh, Benchmade and Spyderco are common companies around that price range, so they they could search those, and that would be the first thing that pops up is Nick Shabazz's review of, at this point, probably a Spyderco. You know, um, so if you just type in you know knife review, probably going to be Nick Shabazz, probably going to be you know a, a Spyderco or something like that. Um, so they're I think they're just flooding every possible market avenue at that point. But now let me put it this way. Um, when you look at reviewers, who are re- who do reviewers um, gain traction off of? Is it the average person or is it enthusiasts first? I um, who it, are Nick Shabazz's so my, first viewers? How did he get big? Like, what community was he? What? It's for sure the enthusiast community. Um, my knife reviews are not nearly as popular as like my fountain pen stuff. I still do them because I like talking about knives. But the people that comment on those are always always yeah. enthusiasts. They're never, I did find that interesting. I did find that interesting, like that. Jake. The uh, the number of people that watch your fountain pen reviews to knife reviews, there's a significant difference. I actually think the fountain pen community is a decent bit larger than the knife community, but that's that's kind of a, a different topic thing. But um, f- for example, before Nick Shabazz, these people really only had like nothing fancy, you know, which th- he does knife yep. reviews but they're not targeted towards knife enthusiasts. They're more targeted people who are going to use them. That's why I think things are changing is that um, before people, you know, watch nut and fancy reviews, they didn't care about HRC. They didn't know about HRC, but here's the thing. Now that through the enthusiast market, certain um, influencers and knife reviewers have become large, right? Like you have all these sorts of people like, you know, Nick Shabazz, Daddy OEDC, Metal Complex, whatever. Um, all of these reviewers their opinions are driven by the enthusiast market. They cater their reviews to the enthusiast market, but the people who are watching them are a combination of the enthusiast market as well as the average user. So in that way, the enthusiast market is driving the opinion in many ways of the average user. In my opinion. That's how I well, think yeah, it Things works. are changing because the information is out there too, just because we are learning all together, you know? Like, no one gave a about yeah, HRC I think five years, years ago. ago. Well, some people did. 
Exactly. Very few people did. Because I remember... Now it's probably half Yeah, everyone's like, what's HRC you know? now? It's like, um, whatever, this and this. But it's just the information is just more accessible to a lot more people. And the reviewers are just getting more knowledge as everyone else. I think it's... I think it's steering more towards Brian's side of the argument where, you know, enthusiasts are are becoming a lot more uh, prolific as far as in the choices of the knife community or the knife makers, you know, what, the things they do. Um, I think if you'd gone back a few years, though, you know, Kershaw, CRKT, they're still yeah. big, but they were bigger. They were more popular because people didn't really care about steel. They didn't really care about handle materials. They just they saw this cool knife at Walmart Gerber. and they bought it. Gerber was even there's so many para frame reviews yeah like Jake I think you're completely right there I think that uh the tide is turning I don't think that this was true like a few years ago but I do think that today um enthusiasts just are like enthusiasts drive podcasts enthusiasts drive the YouTube like videos like enthusiasts drive Instagram right like Facebook like where are enthusiasts not the dominant voice even though they're the smaller segment yeah, they, they literally run the community. What about point. sales, though? Basically. About what? The sales of the actual knives. I think I think they really impact sales on higher-end stuff. I think lower-end stuff is still completely inconsequential. Put it this way, okay? The Lion Steel Dom and the Roundhead are aimed... They're, they're value oh choices. God. They're aimed over uh, under $150, right? Yep. Yep. These knives... Collector Knives issued a statement under... Um, a YouTube video by Nick Shabazz on the topic of HRC. He said, our sales plummeted with the, with, and this is a, a comment where he was saying that, you know, the Rockwell test results were all wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, his point was that the Rockwell tests, th- those videos actually made their sales plummet. They made people cancel their orders with collector knives on those two knives, the line steel Dom and Roundhead. <laughs> so yeah, I think it, I think it has a huge impact, right? Like when people start seeing bad values on Rockwell tests and they start seeing poor cut test results. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Even the average user, it's going to influence their opinion and whether or not they want to buy that knife. Cause why would you want to buy a knife with a bad reputation when there's so many other knives out there? The market is saturated. You can just get it's a good so knife. Competitive right it's now, so competitive so right now. So why would you pick the lesser option? Right. Like, pick the lesser option. right. Like if I'm think about it this way, if I'm an average, if I'm, if I'm buying a TV, right. And one TV, the biggest people in that TV community all say it's crap. Why would I buy that? And you got to figure the the normies exactly. are way more picky with their money too, because they're like, I want a knife for the rest of my life, so I'm going to spend two hundred dollars, and that's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And us enthusiasts that have like fifty knives are like, dude, I'm buying well, it because it's cool. We're all. I mean, to be honest, two hundred dollars you can get you a knife that's going to exactly. last forever. And and nowadays it's getting so competitive. Like you guys mentioned, like okay, Kumu. So even if there had been that HRC discrepancy, even if HRC was a prolific thing a couple of years ago, if that knife had come out at $100 for S35VN and Titanium three years ago, it would have been... It would have destroyed the market. You know, mind-blowing. would have destroyed the community. Everybody would be buying one of those things. But nowadays it's, you know, yeah, you'd have to sell it for 75 bucks for people to be like, oh, that's a, that's a really good value. It's it's ridiculous. It's so hard for a community nowadays to break in. So when these communities are breaking in, or when these uh, these makers are breaking into the community, getting the knives out there, they have to appeal to that enthusiast market. So that's probably why Kuma was like, okay, here's our HRC. This will attract attention. Even though they didn't you know, do it correctly, they still got attention from people. 
you know, I saw it pop up in a bunch of different places. Um, n- you know, it's not going to mean anything now because it's not the actual HRC. So, but I think companies are kind of catching on. That they have to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it's such a big thing too. Like, especially it's so first things first is like, if you just do your heat treat properly, you get a reputation for a good heat treat that helps you so much in terms of marketing. Like it's just like, it's the, the amount, like even for me, like as like a small maker, who's like, I've been making knives for like what, like seven months now. Is that it? Really? It's like seven or eight months total. Dude, you do crazy good work for freaking eight months. Wow. But for me, like, it's like once I started doing rock wall tests and showing people results and saying, hey, like, I'm going to do custom heat treats on these blades, like, interest just shot up way, like, so much more. Like, because just reblades itself, people kind of, like, are very interested in. So I got a lot of DMs for that. But once I said, all right, I'm going to try doing custom heat treats and stuff and, like, do, try to just hit max performance, basically. Like, once I said I was going to try to do that, people are, like, much more invested in it. I get DMs all the time asking questions about how it's going, which is why I stay up until two responding to DMs. But uh, like stuff like that, like I feel like it's just vastly underestimated how much people care about this kind of stuff. And I think companies are starting to realize that. And that's why they're responding the way that they are. The problem is these companies, especially the larger ones, Pentamates, Spyderco, et cetera, they're so slow in the uptake of stuff like this. You have companies like Quiet Carry, they just came in and, and killed it, you know, with a drift. Because they saw this stuff and they latched onto it. They were like, we don't even need to learn how to heat treat. We can pay Peter's heat treat less than $9 per blade. They will do all the heat treat for us, right? Perfectly fine. And everyone is going to be so happy. Our knife will sell out, which it did. Like, it was so easy to do. They even advertised the name, which was freaking genius. Because those enthusiasts who they're aiming that knife at, they know Peter's heat treat. They know it's good, you know? Um, They know that they have a good reputation in the community. So them... Their marketing on the knife was astounding. They, wow. Like, that's that's what the knife community is built on. It's built on trust and um, reputation. Exactly. And like, exactly. And companies are really doing a poor job of maintaining both of those things, right? Like, their reputations. The bigger ones are, for sure. Yeah, their reputation is in the dumpster. Their trust, there is none. Like, I, I don't trust companies anymore. Like, when they tell me an HRC value, I don't trust it. Like, I need to see it independently verified See, the only now. company I could trust that's big for HRC is Spyderco. That's like the only one they, I don't know, Spyderco's not even close to Benchmade size, but Benchmade's ginormous compared to Spyderco. But it seems like Benchmade... Which is odd because I think in the the, uh, actual enthusiast community, Spyderco is much, much larger than Benchmade. But that goes back to kind of, (laughs) the enthusiasts are such a small minority of people who actually carry knives. But, you know, it's... I, I, I don't think enthusiasts directly impact sales on lower end stuff nearly as much, which is what I was saying earlier. But yeah, it, like Benchmade's just now cleaning up this debacle. There shouldn't have been an issue yeah. there. By yeah. the way, all Benchmade had to do was say, you know what? Um, upon further research and uh, examination, 3B at 56 wasn't a great idea. We're upgrading to 61. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is that so hard? Like, other companies have done it with no repercussions. Like, for example, CRK, right? The S35VN was soft. Now they run it a little bit harder. People were happy with that. Right? Like, I don't understand why Benchmade couldn't just own up to it and say, oh, yeah, it was bad before we're improving. I would, what, the CRK. I would respect them more. CRK at that ran theirs 57, 58. And they almost. Chris Reeve almost got in a fight with somebody about it. So they didn't do it easy. <laughs> right. No, for sure. But well, the lesson we should learn from it 
is that people liked it. They responded well to it. They said it is. They said the CRK steel is better now. Um, it's more worth it. It's consistent, and we're happy that they improved. Right? Like that's the that was the response. Right? Did anyone say, "Oh, I'm so angry that they upgraded their heat treat"? No. It's, yeah. It's, you know. No, it's, yeah. It's just, yeah. Really? No. 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 Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's why it makes me laugh. It doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter that much. Harder is harder usually is almost always better. Usually almost always better. As long as the matrix can take it, that's really all matters. It, it depends too. Like okay, so I I'm I kind of understand what Benchmade might have been going for on at least the pry bar side of it, because obviously in that case you you want a balance of toughness and hardness. Um, but I think they should have been testing if that's what they were gonna yeah. do with it. You know, instead of just making, I, ideally they would have made the blade hard and the pry bar a little bit softer, but still hard enough to where it isn't gonna bend immediately. Um, so I think I think in certain places. There, there may be um, space for slightly lower HRCs, but for the most part, these knives, they're not made for prying anyway. So just do it, just run it hard. You know, like, yeah. a, like, a, like a mass, like a big camp knife, like an SE or whatever, like those kind of size. Like, yeah, you should go, you shouldn't go max HRC for sure. No, 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 because they're going to be beat to death. Right, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the bailout is not going to be beat. The bailout makes it's, no it's, sense. No, it is a light. I find it weird no that they made it have a pry bar in the end of it like they did, <laughs> because, like, I don't know, it's the the scales are just a FRN-type material. I, I just, why would you The trust, blade's thin as heck. Why like would you trust that to pry thing. with, you know? Like, are, because... Is that, huh? Isn't because that's what yeah, it's supposed yeah, it to be? It's not... It, you know what they should have made it was they, sh- they should have made marking. it like a bottle opener. I would have been fine with that. That would have, everybody would have loved it. <laughs> um. I, w- I would have actually. <laughs> what what's odd too is I was looking at the bailout because it's it's essentially a larger version of the butt gut, which would fit my hand better personally. So I, I was interested, but this actually did kind of impact my sale because when I heard that the HRC was just trash, it completely turned me off of it, and I'm still not going to buy one now just because they did that. Yeah, and the thing is, the bailout is, but the bailout to me is like a unique combination that you don't see often um, from a higher end company where there's poor design and poor execution. <laughs> it's like I actually don't mind the design. It's a little tactical. I'm gonna be honest with you. Looks like not the aesthetics, but like having effortless handles with like a with a hard use knife. Oh, yeah, that's 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 hard idiotic. This is not a hard use knife. Baby soft. Yeah, exactly. It was like hard use thin stock. Um, First off, a hard use bench made with an axis lock is kind <laughs> exactly. of redundant because the the spring's gonna break <laughs> in thirty seconds if you beat it. The springs out. actually don't break um, from like hard use from like beating on it, but it is it they is bre- silly, they break from basically like stress fractures, right? Just from repeated, right. Let me let me put it this repeated. way. So you're saying I need to be able to sharpen in the field. What do I do when one of my Omega springs breaks in the field? ceramic mug it bring back one of those Godard, it's like strings with you. it's like oh wait let me pull out my Weld extra it. omega springs that benchmade won't send me like <laughs> actually vex you just said guitar strings i no, wonder if that would actually work as a I suit replacement because huh. i guess there's certain strings that are just way stronger than omega string and they actually do that yeah there's a brand called elixir that makes really like they have like a uh, a breaking warranty basically if your strings break they yeah i've seen someone do it on reddit a few years back but, um, wow, that's pretty smart said it worked yeah he bent it yeah that guy's a mega brain 
Uh, I personally think they should just... Well, this is my opinion, but I think they should just change the axis lock to like how they did for the the anthem. I just don't see why they don't do that. Yeah, because they won't make the anthem special anymore. That's why. I, it's dumb. It's such a better. Spring. Yes, but but I think Benchmade was known for their axis lock anyway. If they switch it up now, that's going to be uh, they'll, they'll still, be kind of back. They in still the game, call so the anthem an axis lock, don't they? Yes. So. Yeah, but the name's trademarked. It's just the weird. Lock it. They could be like a new axis. They would just lock, say you know, they all they they could keep. They say new and redesigned. They could heck. If they started using it in more designs, they could say it was redesigned again just because it's in more knives. Like it doesn't. They need to patent that one. And I don't yeah, know the if they can. Well, I guess they probably could because it's, it's a the different way, mechanism. Yeah, I, it it is very similar to the Manix though. Very. That's fun. what they should be doing though. They should be using that in their knives. They should could be coming out with more of those in their knives. I don't know. So here's here's the thing. So um, we're talking about. So we were just talking about how much power the enthusiast market has, right? Um, now I what I, what I want to know is um, your thoughts on whether or not because like so well first of all like do we agree that the enthusiast market has more power today than it did before? Yeah. Yes. Well, that I, know, I that do, in part is due to you know social media and just you know right all those platforms that enthusiasts dominate yeah. right. Instagram. Um, do you think this is a good thing that enthusiasts have a disproportionate influence on companies? As no, no, I think it'd be a good and bad thing. I, I think it's bad. I think there should be a split 50-50 thing because sometimes enthusiasts, well, that's disproportionate. No, no offense to any of us, enthusiasts aren't fifty-fifty with the it's average like user. There's five less, five percent. <laughs> well, that that's fair. I, I I think I think we should have about half say. I, I still I think I think there should be. I think companies should pay attention kind of half to the users and half to the enthusiasts because then you kind of get the best of both worlds because most most people in the community, if they buy a $400 knife, they're not beating it to death. The people that are beating their knives to death, they're using them every single day, aren't spending you know more than 100 150 bucks, And I think companies can get valuable feedback from both of those people. Yeah. But it, but if the only if they're only listening to people commenting on their Instagram page, it's only going to be enthusiasts. So maybe companies need to be a, a bit more proactive in getting feedback. Well, what kind of feedback are you looking for, though? Just you know, every day, like okay, uh, basically a mini review, you know, or or maybe sending their knives out to more reviewers. Um, but reviewers you know, are enthusiasts. Say, say Nick. To a degree, yeah. But say, say Nick and Tom, those are two completely different use cases for the knife. So, you wait, know, so you know, what or, you mean isn't enthusiast. Well, sorry, you're not saying average user versus enthusiast. You're saying types of enthusiasts. Uh, uh, like people uh, who... Pe- people that maybe have more average-esque use cases. Okay, but still it, know enough about sense. knives to be able to talk about them. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe some have them like hand their knives to a coworker. That's gonna, you know, that they know doesn't use expensive stuff, and just have them use it for a day and see what they think about it. Oh, uh, I, mean, I was they, cutting they some metal wire and the edge chip, so it must be doo doo. <laughs> you're you're joking, I get that, but but that. seriously, because you know some of those knives are gonna be put through that stuff. But the thing is, it should fail because that's just improper use. That's like saying, okay, that yes, but but if you hand it to a normal person and they're like, if I sell you a vase for flowers. 
and instead of putting flowers in it, you throw it at the ground and say, why did it break? Give me warranty. I'm going to be like, no, you're dumb. You're not supposed to throw flower vases at the ground. You're supposed to put flowers in them and not break them. Like they shatter when you throw them at the ground. Same thing with a knife. If you hammer it into stuff that it shouldn't be hammered into when it's not as hard as it could be, right? It's, the edge is going to get damaged. It's going to get damaged, right? And like in order to under – like if – I don't know that the average user should be expected to understand all of the factors that go into whether or not an edge gets damaged, like geometry and all that. Like you, In order to give a meaningful review to a company, you have to be able to explain all of that. You have to be able to say things like, you know, with this edge geometry, um, it performed like this, right? Which is not what's going to happen when you hand it to your coworker. Who but a company should be able to take that feedback from... Uh, a regular person and kind of be like okay why did this happen so if a regular person gets a knife and they're like okay this is you know this is inconvenient for me to close after getting using it or you know the the blade bent as i was doing normal cutting tasks as if people who actually use a knife do normal cutting tasks but just little stuff like that companies should be able to get that information back and interpret it and see how they can improve if they can get anything useful from it at all i'm going to partially disagree with you so i disagree on the part of performance i don't think that cutting performance and those kinds of things can be fairly evaluated by someone who's not into knives. However, I do think that certain things get ignored um, just because of the enthusiast market. So enthusiasts, for example, like all of us and Nick Shabazz and everyone, we all like tip-up carry, right? But tip-down carry is actually better for the Spyderco military, right? Which people didn't realize until average users were carrying their militaries and showing that it's quicker to deploy easier to pull out of the pocket right and your hand is in a better position without having to readjust that would, exactly. that would not happen because no enthusiast would ever even try carrying tip down they just instantly move it to tip up oh but there's little stuff like that that can be gotten from them and the cutting performance i'm going to argue back with you on that because okay if a normal person who's using the knife for everyday tasks who actually only carries one knife and uses only one knife for everything if they can't determine cutting performance to at least some degree what use is cutting performance at all? The um, It's like relative cutting performance is, is the thing. Because they can say whether or not they think their knife is good or bad for them. But how would they compare to other knives without a broader breadth of experience? You know, like, right? Like, how can I, if I yeah. only ever own a Kershaw leak, how can I compare my Kershaw leak to other knives? Like, I, 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 don't, I can see that. I don't know the, I don't, see, here's the thing. People, some people, like, okay, the best example is Cutco. A lot of people think their cut codes are fantastic. We know that they're not, right? But people think that they are because that's the that's the upper extent of their experience with steel. Is that that's the best steel they've encountered, so they're gonna think it's great. But if you give them a really nice um, chef knife, right, made custom by like you know one of the great makers, like it's gonna perform much better, and they're gonna say, oh, actually this is better. My cut code wasn't as good. Now they, see how their opinions can change with their varying degrees of experience and what they're. I'm not saying that they should just like listen blindly to the consu to the average consumers, but I feel like there's some useful data that they can get from them. Yeah, I, I how mean, they how they use that data is completely up to them. Right. But I feel like I think the more use cases that they Brian, can fill, I feel like they can put their knives into. I feel like into, you're like lumping all of the yeah. enthusiasts into having one opinion, like because. Oh, I mean, no enthusiasts differ yeah. a lot, but I'm saying that yeah. the average user, like. They just the the what they can contribute to a company in terms of hard data is very sparse. But it yeah, is data. I, would, still. I agree. It's still. I would say that a company probably cares more about what the average user thinks of their knives than their enthusiasts. As long as it. 
And for lower end companies, they should because that's the majority of their market. Care what the average user thinks, but it's a classic case of the average user doesn't know what they what what the max performance or what is best for their use case. Just like I don't know the best TV for my use case, I don't know the best laptop or computer for my use case because I don't have experience with other computers or laptops, right? Like that's natural, right? No human being knows the best thing for their use case for every dimension. They only know it for the one thing that they are enthusiastic about, right? So I think for the average user who's not into knives, like there's no way that they can know what's good for them. Same way I don't know what laptop is good for me, like, because I'm not into laptops. They care about who affects their sales the most, <laughs> like, honestly. They, I mean, they do change things, like you said, the HRC debacle, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, they're not going to care about your stupid carbon fiber scales or your freaking all these fancy schmancy stuff. They're going to care what's cheaper and what's better. Okay, for example, so the bailout, they just added the, the aluminum version, okay? And one thing they did on that, I don't know if y'all noticed, is they added a glass breaker. Why in the hell would they add a glass breaker? No one in the enthusiast community is asking for a glass breaker. Because Benchmade is out of touch with reality. Because they're marketing to these people who think they're going to use a glass but breaker. Let's, let's put it this way. cheaper knives that have them. I think that they, I think that, um, well, they swung and they missed with the regular bailout, clearly, because they yeah, that's true. So I think that um, this might also be a swing and a miss. I don't think the glass breaker was a good addition. That's what I think. But I think but it'll they, sell they, well. They still do it, it which is, which is right. weird. Which, well, because that's what I'm so frustrated about is that they're just like, with time, I think this will happen less and less. Um, but I think it'll still do well because of the aluminum skills, uh, scales and the properly heat treated M4. I think that's enough of a draw for people. But I do think that the glass breaker um, only hurts the, the knife, really. Or what about the CRKT Provoke? Because they just added a glass breaker to the uh, first responder edition of that. <laughs> what I'm going to say there is I was not counting. Um, when I'm saying how much power does the enthusiast market have, I'm saying on high-end production companies, which I do not count CRKT. But that's, but that's a $200 knife. Right, but I still don't count CRK to be a high-end production. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, do you? Do you consider them to be high-end? Like, I feel like they're the low-end. No. no, I consider them to be a low-end company, but I consider that to be a high-end knife. I think they've been venturing that way a little bit more. And that's also a things like the shock and the home front. That's not really your a common knife model or something that they care to replicate often. That's really a novelty knife. The mechanism and everything. They've been selling the hell out of it. Right, but that's that's because people just think it's cool. Like that's kind of a different thing. Not all knives are going to be novelty. Like no, like very few people are collecting a bunch of novelty knives, right? And but that's another thing from the about- non-enthusiast market. Like, okay, if, if I showed this to someone at a flea market, they would lose. Echo, you're going to have to leave this. They would lose their fucking minds. They would be like, that is the coolest thing on earth. How much is it? When can I get one? And they influence this to a degree as well because people are looking at this. They're like, this is crazy. Oh, $200 that's a lot of money. But some people will do it. Knife enthusiasts, no one on the Discord is going to own a VEF serrated CRKT Provoke. What about my t- You know? But, my, but they still uh, made them. Someone's going to buy them. What about my 10 CRKT shocks? Oh, no, it's for sure. My 10 CRK... The CRKT shock. <laughs> I think... I think the shock? They, the shock you didn't is know like about a $750 that? CRKT or something like that. Oh, Z- the XOK. Yeah, it's like... XOC. XOC. Oh, yeah, yeah. the garbage. They stopped making it. Yeah, they stopped making it. they spelled CTSXHP wrong. You can still buy one, though. I'm just, no, you were saying you were saying I was just making a joke. You were saying like um, that uh, it was a no, those were novelty knives. I was just saying like you know you didn't count them. 
I think all of CRKT yeah. high end stuff is because they've done the shock, which you know that that was a big showcase of the deadbolt lock and the fact that they could I guess outsource designs to other companies. Um, and then they've also done the titanium home front, which again, it you know it may be a good knife, but it's it's a bit of a, a novelty well, as well because it just uses the. Uh, it could have strip. been a good knife, but it's kind of got some dumb design choices, but. I would say the home front is one of CRKT's better forays into knives. Yeah. But CRKT sells so much more to these regular people that why would they bother making a $750 knife? Right. Well, it was just, I think it was just like a thing they were they trying. Dipped they dipped like, their toes. It didn't do well. Well, the problem is they went way, yeah, exactly. way, way too high end. For us, right, as enthusiasts, um, I, the reason I said high-end production companies are the ones that I'm caring about how much we have power over is I don't care what CRKT does. They can do whatever they want. I really just don't care. But why do you care what Benchmade does, then? Because those are knives that I might have bought if they weren't... Like, for example, if the Bugout didn't have a titanium access bar, I'd be much happier, and I'd like, still have one. You know, like, it's a knife that I would consider carrying, but... And that's a weird point, too, because Benchmade and... Especially Benchmade, they sit right on there in that line between the enthusiast and the normal everyday yeah, people. Because I know a lot of regular people that so, have Benchmades, you know. Oh, they're yeah. they're they're. Oh yeah, my everywhere. mailman has a Benchmade Adamus. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. <laughs> no, he looked in my garage when he was delivering a package. He's like, "You like knives? Look at my knife!" And he pulled out an Adamus, and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get along." <laughs> so <laughs> until he says that HRC doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> D2 best steel Adamus D2 best steel <laughs> Nah but I, I said awesome knife dude I mean I, I, I'm i happy for you people You can't be pretending You can't man. be pretentious man like, I mean you can but I mean you can you, but um, There's no point though All you're doing exactly. is isolating people from the community Yeah the Adamus is a good enough knife That I'm happy for someone to own it Who's like just getting into knives you know Yeah Yeah and like I said, though, I'm 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 honest mean. Like, if I think it's legitimately crap, which the Adamus is not, then I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian. <laughs> but perhaps you shouldn't. Maybe you should be like, oh, well, have have you tried this by Benchmade? This goes back instead, to or, last week's yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, let, let's, not, let's not go back to the fact that Brian hates every new person. Brian in the shuns new people. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dude, I direct them toward... Get out, Normie. You say, Normie. You say, you're like, that's all well and good, but your knife choice leaves a little bit to be desired. Is trash. You're like, <laughs> well, I mean, the, what knife. I really do is, I, I, I know the price points of most knives, so when I look at their knife, if they picked a really, really bad knife um, that I can think of like a better price point for, I can be like, oh, you know, there's some other knives around the same price point that are also really well, good. Well, you know, but then they already all... So here's the thing, right? All right, so this is a, kind of a decent analogy. It's like... I would feel bad if someone bought like something like okay like they bought when when the CRKT home front came out it was like a hundred dollars on Blade HQ right which is they're not that much anymore I don't think but they were expensive um, so if someone bought that and they were like hey dude hey Caleb look at this knife isn't it cool like my friend like if he bought that I'd be like I'd be like oh yeah that's cool you know blah blah blah. I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, that's cool, but there are better knives for that price. Because I feel bad doing that, especially when, especially exactly. when, like, so my friend bought an iPhone 11 recently, right? It's whatever. It's a phone. It's a good phone. Uh, but, um, 
you know, so that, that's all well and good. But he, so he bought it from the Verizon store and he was like, oh. you know, cause they let, they let him upgrade. Anyways, um, he, they, he also bought a screen protector from the Verizon store he was like, yeah, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, man. So he's like, it wasn't too bad. The phone was this amount, you know? And he's like in the screen protector. He was like, it was like, I don't know. He's like, it was like $65 for the temp. Oh my I said, God. I said, I said, you're Dude. kidding me. I said, I, I said, show me the receipt. So he pulls out the receipt and he shows me. And sure enough, he, they charged him $65 for a single tempered glass. You can get a three have, pack of screen. Timber glass protectors for fifteen bucks. For fifteen dollars from Amazon, and I, you know, and even just even just having even just <laughs> oh me telling him God. that, like, I'm like, hey man, you can buy a five pack for fifteen dollars. I felt bad doing that. I, now, granted, why? I, why I would you feel bad saying the truth? I, I don't feel bad doing certain stuff if it's that big of a ripoff. Like, okay, for example, that that it's not that, it's not that I'm helping them, Brian. It's that I'm I'm empathizing i'm sympathizing that they made a bad decision i don't want to make them feel bad that they made them their this decision i don't want them to feel bad there's no reason to make them feel bad they should not feel bad i'm wanting them to i i I can i'm saying well you know in the future yeah you can buy these right but i don't want to say you made a bad choice no don't say it like that don't come out and be a a about it don't be like okay that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen anyone do you you know maybe maybe this is just different like friendship relationships but if my friend tried to empathize with me by saying very nicely oh man you maybe could have bought this a little cheap i would feel worse actually than if he just was what's the reason just because like it's just like it's see there's a difference between like saying okay so for example if he if he just said dude that you got ripped off like it's this much right and like you know what I mean? Like the harsher approach works better. I guess, for me. I guess it depends yeah, on how yeah. close so, I am to that person. There's some people that I've done that with. I'm just like you're so, an idiot. Yeah. So Why my friend, I, he's one of like, my best eh. friends. So I did tell him he got ripped off. But I'm saying for any regular person, I probably wouldn't say you know you got ripped off. Oh no, if it's a stranger, even I'm not gonna say like anything a, negative. I'm even gonna be if like, they're oh, like oh, a minor friend or acquaintance, I wouldn't be like oh, I'd be like oh, you know like. Dude, I can't help no, it. No. Like I feel bad in if those cases, but you know, you know, you just. If you're my best friend, yeah, I'm telling yeah, you exactly. get ripped off. Like, you yeah, trash, but I'm saying, like, decision. if you're a regular person, if you do that to someone, you're just going to come off as a big b- You know what? This, this is just <laughs> like this. Just like this. I know exactly <laughs> what to freaking compare this to. And Jake probably knows what I'm going to talk about. Um, but this kind of reminds... So I was in this other Discord recently. Um, <laughs> so I was in this, this fountain pen Discord recently. And it's like... This, this is going to be a stretch of comparison, but no, it's not because the people in there did stuff like this all the time. So basically, whenever I would say something in th- that Discord, um, it would be like, you know, why would you, it's like, why would you buy that? Or why would you do this? What's like, they're like, that's dumb. Don't do that. You know, and it's not like they're being nice about it. They're just being like, I don't know these people. They aren't my friends. You know, they're just being kind of belligerent to me. Like, I don't want to, I don't want all that weird random hostility or, you know, they're they're like, don't do that. That's a dumb decision. Like, I don't know you. Don't tell me it's a dumb decision. (laughs) It was immediate too, guys. Like he, they didn't, I I didn't really participate, but uh, we both joined right at the same time. 
but every time you went to talk, someone was basically, like, you're an idiot. yeah. They're like, they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, I mean, I don't know about personal insults. It's not really a well, necessary like, part. One dude literally told like, him to <laughs> f off. So I was like, like well, I've never known that to happen before, and I'm like, well, man, you're the the be all end all, aren't you? You know, and that's I feel like if you say stuff to somebody, like I'm not going to respect your opinion if you say something a certain way, okay? Like you have to phrase it a certain way for me to take it the way you want me to take it. I don't care what your, be I don't care what your like, it, you know? um, your intentions are to to say something like, oh, well, you know, you made a bad decision. I don't care if you're going to be like, oh, well, that's a dumb decision. Like, you got to phrase it the right way, bro. So, Brian, I, I guess what my problem is you're just not being very specific. You're like, you're like well, I, I'll be honest, but, like, you can be honest, but you can also be be honest in a nice way. Yeah. Be gentle. <laughs> uh, kind of. So, I don't like that. <laughs> what do you mean, kind of? Be Here's be an nice. example of a situation. Here's an example of a situation where I tried to be nice, but to the extent of I still have to be honest about it. Um, so there was a case where uh, someone said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to point specifics, but someone said, I bought this knife for X amount of money. So let's say like X very sought after knife, right? Secondary market prices, very high. Okay. And I bought it for this much money over retail. Okay. Like, let's say like, uh. I don't know about like one thousand three hundred dollars over retail. Okay. Oh my god. Now let's let's say let's say this happens. Okay. I'm gonna be like, um, you know what? That's a really cool knife you got. I actually really like that design. I do think you overpaid for it though. That to a degree I can see. Okay, so there was, for example, there was someone in the Discord recently who, and, and they actually didn't overpay that much, but they bought a Spectre. Okay, and those those are already overpriced. I, I didn't say anything to them, but if I had, it would have been something along the lines of, oh yeah, I think some people even mentioned this. They were like, yeah, that's a little high, but that's that's right around market value, I guess. I like the Spectre. It's a great knife. That that price is too high. That's what I said. Yeah, it, and okay, for example, uh, so I, I mentioned I'd had a Norseman in lately. He was oh. asking the Discord if he should buy it, and I said, it's too high, don't buy it. <laughs> If they haven't yeah. bought it yet, then go be, be yeah, as rough as you need to be, honestly. Um, but, for example, like, I tried the Norseman. Okay? So, if someone was, like, to me, you know, six, seven months ago, a year ago, they'd be like, okay, should I buy a Norseman at, like, retail? I would have been like, you know, probably, because you can flip it and make more if, if, you know, worst case scenario. Or you could you could at least sell it for your retail. If someone came to me now, especially now that I've tried one, they're like, should I buy a Norseman? If they're three, $400, sure. Any more than that, don't, because it's not if worth you're... it. You know, and, and same thing with the sham, with the, uh, not the sham, the, uh, the Spectre. You know, some people really like them. A lot of people sell them after paying twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for now, it. Now, there's a point about being honest I want to make. Um, imagine you try to be nice, okay? So let's say someone says, dude, I got this Norseman for $900. It was such a good mm. deal, okay? Now someone says that to you, and you try to be nice. So you say, oh, dude, gr- good for you, right? But then later they join the Discord and find out in the in your comment history you've been shitting on Norseman prices and that nine hundred is too high. Do you think they want to find out that way, or would they well, rather? Well, you just I, would, I wouldn't have told them. I wouldn't have told them that anyway. I would have been like, you know, I, I tried one and, and that's just way too expensive. But I'm saying, what if you were trying to be nice? But, but if you were just trying to be nice and not bring up the price at all, and you did that, you're kind of a shitty person. But 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 that's the thing though. Like you know, like you but, can't. But you should tell them that up front. Just be. 
gentle. I don't. About. I don't care. Like I said, I would have been like, you know, that that's way too high for me personally. If you enjoy it, I don't it, care if they see ahead, that I, I said. I think that's you know too high. Said that Norsemans were too high at nine hundred and so and so dollars in in my chat history. If they're joining and I've discord, then you know it, it is what it is. That's that's my opinion. I put out. There. That's what. But why is it only? Well, how come it's only? It is what it is. When they see your chat history and not in your direct... Because it's... When you're not talking to them, you're not... If you're... I, I think you should I'm be... Not, I think you should always, 100% be honest. Be gentle with it, but always, always be honest. Just tell them up front. Yeah, it, there's, but Brian, there's, there's a difference no point between like, if you're talking to someone directly and if they're reading something that you said out on a message board or an instant chat room. Yeah, I think it's worse if they find out I don't out think on the it's worse board. at all. I don't... Why is it worse? I'm actually going to agree with Brian here um, because it's kind of like back, not backstabby, but it's kind of like is it so? I mean, I okay, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Listen, no, it actually, is. listen, no, listen, listen. Okay, so if I tell someone, I'm like, listen, this if I tell someone, like, let's say I meet this guy at the Blade Show and he's like, hey man, I just bought this Norseman for nine hundred twenty-five dollars. I'd be like, oh, and I'm and we've been making chat. We're sitting, I don't know, we're we're drinking water. We're having a chat, and he, we're like now acquaintances i'm like oh man that's cool you know you know those are a little that's a little expensive blah 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 i probably wouldn't pay that much that's what we just said though and yeah that's fine you have to i'm my whole point my point is would you would you echo would you be okay with you saying dude that's that's great for you like i'm so happy for you like i hope you like the knife and then you just like would that be good? Like, would that be fine for you if you didn't actually think it was a yes, good price? Yes, I don't care. Why, why? Why do they? Why do they need to know? Why do they need to know my my personal opinion about it? Because they because they brought because it up. They don't need to know. Like, I don't have to tell someone. I think they overpaid for something. I don't have to. You don't have to. This is all opinion. <laughs> this is a, there's a difference between I see a Norseman in your pocket and I go, hey, how much did you pay for that? If you paid 900, you overpaid. There's a difference between doing that, which is douchey, and someone else. That is, that is right, and someone, and someone coming up to you, someone coming up to you and saying, hey, look at this Norseman. I got a great deal on it. I paid $975. Like, if, what? if you actively say you got a good deal on it, I'm going to, I'm not going to call you a moron. I'm going to be very, very I'm just going to say, um, I don't moron, think you got a good happen. deal on it dude like i'm just gonna say it like no that's retail I, you should have paid like six tops right i'm seven, gonna say yeah. hey look i'm not trying to rain on your parade but you could have gotten that cheaper and just for reference here are some places you can look if you want to know well, why didn't you just say that from the to, beginning you've been you've been acting like an entire you you, you would say something like to, extremely to be fair mean, but you you, you no to it's be not. fair brian was mean to me about my about my mcb because the second I brought up the jimping, he's like, that's expensive jimping. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it. He, he knows me. But if if I had said that to a stranger, I, I would have been I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a little bit, you know, it, it's, it's really cool that you had jimping added to the McBee. It's a little bit high. I think you probably could have got it cheaper somewhere else. But, you know, it, it makes a front flip. So it's pretty cool. But Brian, he knows me. So it's it's fine. I, I know how he is. I know how abrasive and... Um, opinionated he is so and he and again i also knew that he was right i knew that he was right before i even paid for the thing i knew it was expensive but i wanted it all done right there so i didn't really care but it, if i had said that to like a stranger i uh, would have been a bit more careful <laughs> with phrasing i just don't see i don't know I, the thing the thing i think is like if someone told me okay if, if i bought a knife for like 
$200 over what it would go like normally. Like, you know, so if I bought a $500 knife when it's been like on, you know, like knife swap for 300, 350 or something like that. And, and someone's like, yeah, man, you know, um, like you overpaid for that hardcore. I'd be like, really? And they're, if, if, if you tell them the price, you're, you're asking for their opinion. Right. I agree with that. If you tell the price, if you, if, don't, you, if you don't bring up price and they do, then they're a dick. Exactly. <laughs> but if you bring up price, you're kind of inviting You're that basically saying, that. what is your opinion on this price when you bring up the price? So the second, so I, I think Brian had actually asked me, or one of y'all had asked me like how much it cost for that. And and I mentioned it, um, which it, uh, again, when I mentioned it, I was kind of opening up the floor to, you know, this is how much I paid and, and, not outwardly asking what what y'all think of the price, but kind of putting it out there to where it was, it could be commented upon. Normal people so, uh, when so they I, don't I like that, they say, "Oh, I don't really want to talk about the price or how much I paid for it." Those, to be honest, those those people kind of like I, I'm very very open with how much I paid for everything. I don't I don't care about money honestly, as far as like people's interpretations of it, but especially like in the watch community, um, talking about price is sometimes considered like really taboo on higher end stuff which is bizarre as hell to me that just seems sketchy it's taboo but i I think i just think it's a matter of um you know what you open yourself up to right if you want to talk about price if you want to bring up price then i got to give my honest opinion on price but if you don't want my honest opinion on something then don't don't force me into that situation you know like i'm not gonna soft lie to make you feel better. Yeah, but I'm the type of person I'm just going to yeah, ignore if you. you. If you bring up price and you ask me what I think, See, then I'm going to yeah, tell you You don't have to think. be a dick about it, though. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Don't – even even if someone insists that they, you know, they got a deal on a Spectre for $2,000, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Yeah, I'm going to be like, all okay, you have to be, you, you all have you fun with that. Is like, I've seen them go I'm for gone. Like 1100 Yeah. You don't have to be like scoff at and them and just laugh at them and like – yeah, don't don't be a, you don't don't drag it out, but just kind of excuse yourself from the conversation if you can't hold back. Sure, and tone matters too, of course, right? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh god, and that's really hard. Over I am text, I'm honest with what I say, but my tone is pretty nice usually when I when I when I'm talking to people. Everything you say is nice, except for last week when you told Drake to shut up. <laughs> but but you always have like you're you're generally you're fairly straightforward, but you're always kind of in in a happy mood, so it makes things. Like, okay, if, if Will had sit there and talked crap about my $25 gym thing, I would have went yeah, off on if him. If you have a dry sense of humor or a dry <laughs> tone, it's going to sound like you're being a <laughs> already. I get that a lot. Because oh a lot of people God. do that with me. Like, wow, are you serious? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even believe anything Vex says I, at this point. I'm, not, I'm never serious. I really am <laughs> never serious. And there's a few people in the Discord who... who, who are generally more serious but a lot of people in there just kind of joke around so it's any feedback that i get from there i i, I kind of take it in stride anyway but you know if if you go in the, if you go into for example the discord and you explain that you got a sham for three grand people are going to tell you that's a bad price because you're in well, there talking it's about easy the price, to be so you online tell people they're thing. stupid or they're wrong when you're anonymous but when it's in person people get a lot quieter Let's be honest. See, the problem is you can say what ifs, like you can say what if scenarios all you want, but like you, it's it's like you have to be specific on how, like when you're making these scenarios up, you have to be specific on how they brought it up, right? So like it, 
I guess, yeah, it makes the difference between if I asked, like, what'd you pay for that? And they said, you know, um, oh, I paid this amount. And then it's like, well, I asked. So if I say, oh, you got then yeah, it's going to be kind of a... <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it's all good. I don't Crazy normally way. ask people, like, I, hey, that bro, I don't you know how much they pay for one. stuff. For any... For, that's for, that goes for anything. Like, I... I I, I don't either, honestly. <laughs> unless you're unless you're putting it out there, I I'm not gonna. Yeah, say, I, I don't, I don't care unless you make me care by bringing it up. But once you bring it up, then I care, because <laughs> I I've I've now been forced into a situation where my where silence implies assent when people bring that shit up. Like if you if they bring up an exorbitant price and you say nothing, but oh yeah, good for you, then it makes it seem like you're okay with that price, which I'm not okay with seeming like I'm okay with that price, you know. Basically. Yeah, I, I I understand. If it gets brought up, I'll, I'll comment on it. But I'm I'm gonna be uh, careful how I how I say it, especially if it's a if it's a stranger. You just know, never talked to before. Just ignore them. Don't even respond when they tell you their little cool knife. Just walk away. <laughs> um. Okay. So the other thing about so going back to the topic, what are we that, talking? Um, it's like is there still stuff to talk <laughs> well, about here? Wait, what's what more is to Are we say done about yet? the enthusiast market topic? So what I want to know, this is a strategy meeting now, all right? We need, because we are all enthusiasts and we want to have more power, we? right? We want to be a vocal. I don't care. Not, no, not I'm really. Fine. I'm good with how much I have here. Power. I want more to say. I'm so unhappy with companies ignoring all my design Yeah, but Brian, not everyone's got, you think the way that you've, you've uh, made this entire episode sound like is that every uh, every enthusiast has the exact same opinion including your own but i think that's not the case i think there are plenty of people that have extremely polarized opinion to your opinion yeah so i don't like a lot of the enthusiast opinions okay okay all right i revise that we need to cull the enthusiast population uh <laughs> to match my opinions and then we need to make that smaller my even smaller minority have an even bigger voice yeah, I think I think this is more of a good place to end the episode, if any. <laughs> I don't think we made any progress on this topic at all. We just got our opinions out there, but I hope everyone Dude, that's, that's here's the to moral it. of the episode, everyone, for all of our listeners: be nice and don't ask anyone for the price, because obviously it just leads to all of us yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I mean. Um, don't ask uh, for the price, um, and also uh, keep your opinion to yourself. <laughs> well, I, I guess yeah, I, I don't want to hear what no you think at all. Okay, no here's here's the real point possible. I wanted to get across. Um, the real point I wanted to get across is that we as consumers, even enthusiasts who are a smaller segment of the market, have a lot more influence than people want us to think. Companies want us to think that we're helpless, that our opinions don't matter, that even if we dislike their opinions and design choices, they're still going to make whatever they want to make. And the reality is that they do care about our opinions because we pay for their products and we can vote with our wallet. And so yep. when yep. we do things like complain on Instagram, people say, stop whining. Nobody cares. But the truth is they do care. So we should keep whining on social media. We should keep not purchasing products that we have problems with. Um, I think that all that stuff really does matter and we're starting to see change. So that's why I thought that um, the enthusiast market and you know how we consider our usage of power and how much power we have is actually really important. Yeah. Okay, that was a good summary. 
Yeah, it's really good. That, though. I don't agree with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I think Brian that's almost the, exploded. That's the knife community in a nutshell. <laughs> Literally, you could give the most eloquent, honest opinion on something, and someone's going to be like, no, nope, you're wrong. That's how the Discord was all day today, man. I feel like everyone's <laughs> been arguing today in the Discord. I love it. I love I'm going to sleep argue. until before this podcast, uh, so... I know you do. I like to be the one arguing. Well, you know, I just like starting the, it and then leaving. As the, f- <laughs> I don't like arguing. As, I just kind of like well, chilling the, and, and talking. But I, as the, the symbol of authority in the Knife Discord, which is now like, at, which is now <laughs> like 450 members, you know, maybe a little bit less. You don't have any have authority the, can, in there. Well, I was gonna say I can delete that server, but I can't. I can only delete the Pen Club server. Um, <laughs> Everyone ignore everything yeah. Echo says. Just be your own person. Anyways, uh, well, I appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. Um, if you uh, if you want to talk to us, please email us at behindtheedgepod at gmail.com. Please send us emails. We like talking to you. We'll feature you on the next podcast. Uh, no more feet, feet picks, please. Um, you can also... You can also talk to us on the Discord if you go onto the uh, sidebar of the old subreddit r slash knife club. You can find our link to the Discord. You can at all of us and talk to us. We'll respond basically instantaneously. Um, Also, Echo made a pen Discord, so if y'all want that, email him. that is also correct. Um, I did make a pen Discord. It's called Pen Club. Um... Very, very uh, If you like fountain pens or any writing utensils, you can talk to me. And other EDC gear, you can also join there and talk to me there. I, I run that Discord. I made it. Jake is a mod there. So you can email. Uh, if you really want the invite, you can email behind the edge pod and I'll send you the link or whatever. That's so unfortunate that you named it Pen Club and not Pen Island. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> but uh, You're stupid. Echo, can no. we please change the name? <laughs> No, I'm not changing the name to that. Um, please, uh, please, please email us topics. I don't know what to talk about. I picked this topic 10 minutes before the podcast started. So, um, yeah, please uh, send us topic ideas. We will talk about whatever you want us to talk about that is uh, knife related. I can change don't the server change name. It. We have <laughs> we have, <laughs> we have foreign people in there that I don't want to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really, I'm really excited with the the thing. Anyway, it's, sorry, back back to the back, well. Back we're ending Ryan. now. All right. So. Well, I appreciate you all listening to the podcast, okay. and I will talk to you next time. Bye bye.